Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Chuchigatri Unlimited Trainworks, video game Chuchu's anime podcast. I'm your host Rose, and with me as always is John. Hello everybody, are you ready to game? No. Okay. Yeah, I'm glad you agreed with me, Elvie's also here. I'm not, not ready, ready to, to game. game. No. Yeah, not ready to game. It's, it's not right, it's the wrong podcast, but you know what, <laughs> that's fine. This time uh, it's the right podcast, actually. This time it is the right podcast, because we watched uh, High Score Girl, the 2018 anime. Uh, Started which, in 2018. Yeah. Um, about video gaming in the 90s, if you can believe that. The 90s. Remember the 90s? Yeah. Street and Fighter 2. the late 2. 80s. It's, it's a little, oh, yeah, it's a little all of it, yeah. Did it? I thought it started in, like, 1990. I think they kind of touch on some of the 80s as well, but yeah, it's 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 mostly the 90s. It is the fighting game craze of the 90s, you know, when there was a new fighting game coming out like every month, when there were seven different versions of Street Fighter 2 and a yearly oh. King of Fighters and all that stuff. It was It was a time where there were a lot of good games, but there were probably too many of those games, and it flooded the market. <sighs> There were so many. There were so many. Yeah, this is a, a romantic c- c- comedy? Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, about being in those arcades, these this mm-hmm. crazy kid, and this, these two girls. There's a, there's a man. No, I shouldn't. Mm-hmm. There's a boy, let's say, boy, named Haruho Yaguchi. Uh, and then there's two girls... Starts with one girl, but we get to two, named Ono and Koharu. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's all about their love triangle, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mostly it's about just showing really uh, true-to-life emulations of arcade games, I feel like. Yeah. And mentioning a lot of weirdly specific, uh, you know, inside baseball, as it were. Mm-hmm. About uh, tactics for Street Fighter Two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, I'm going to be uh, selfish here and say, Elvi, I want to hear what you thought first because I don't think I've heard you say anything about it at all. I could not finish this series. I'm going to say this up front. Damn. Wow. <laughs> okay. And I'm saying this as like, it's not a bad series though, but it was something I totally lost interest in. <laughs> I was really trying my best. I was oh, really trying okay. my best. I was like, I cannot, I just could not force my, like, I just accept that I can't force myself to watch this any further. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't, there's, there's nothing wrong with it. Again, I'm just, again, it's a me thing. It's a me thing, I'm <laughs> sure you, <laughs> I'm sure you, like, as wow. the And it's just going, you know, like, again, like you, you were, you're talking about kind of like, kind of poking fun at it already and hinting at rooms but like it, it's going so deep into a culture and topic that i'm not that knowledgeable yeah. of neither have that much of like a personal response or reaction to that it was just really hard to keep my interest up and i felt like you know there there is this underlying story about like these kids and just dealing with like this crate like you know for, this you know like the world of kids like in this weird perspective where like all the adults are kind of insane and like they're just struggling to get by you know like you know one kid, you know like Ono's like a rich girl and she she feels like she's kind of sheltered and stuff but she's not really expressing it and she's kind of translating that through games but that stuff's not really balanced as much as it's really just a show that's about like 
you know, here's like these references to things you might like if you do like this stuff, right? Mm. Um, like this is a show that would have, and again, not as insult, but this is what this show is. This this is something that would have shown on like G4 Tech TV in the 2000s, <laughs> right? Yeah. Those are the code monkeys of anime. It but I'm surprised it wasn't, and like it, it, it kind of, feel, you know, not only is this, is it a show set in the '90s, it kind of does feel like it's produced in a much older time than mm-hmm. the 2010s. I don't know. It seems like that sort of show, and you know, it, it might be, you know, it might be a little, little, you know, newer than that. Like I, I don't know. It could be on like on something like Spike TV or whatever. Like like one of those like weird niche entertainment men's channels where, you know, we're gonna have this one nerdy specific like animated thing going on here. Just 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 and put it on like the late night block. You know, it's just one of those things. It's very like. It's very specific, like, uh, and to kind of magnify it, it's it, it's very different from what I would say. Y- you know, like how gamer web comics are. I'm sorry, we're talking about gaming, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. But like, you know how they are. We all know how they are. But it's 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 not it's not at all comparable. But this is very much it's it's much different. It's way better than that. I assure you, it's way better than that. But it, it, it's it's trying to it's trying to focus on the actual interpersonal issues. Again, like I said, that these characters are facing, but it's really not entire focus. In fact, it's like it manages to avoid being a gamer comic because it actually is talking about the games. It actually is talking about the games in like a very deep, uh, thorough way that would be very useful for again someone not like me, but someone who actually does play fighting games or someone who actually is very familiar with the sorts of games they go into and probably grew up with. Like this is clearly like the person who made is clearly like is into this. This is this is probably something super nostalgic for them, and this is probably something super personal too. In a way, maybe like they kind of have experienced these sort of things in their childhood, where they probably have met like girls like this, or even other guys, right? Um, but yeah, besides the point, right? Like I I could not really relate to the characters. Um, I felt like they were very hyper exaggerated but but again i think it's i think there's something to it where it's hyper magnified and exaggerated because we're seeing the perspective of these young kids and the world around them is kind of nuts and that's just how they see it they're trying they're like very insular and their sort of interest in like the games they're playing um like the thing like the thing i like about it is that i actually like how it looks it's super weird looking it's really weird looking like it's it's i I definitely don't i definitely don't recall any other anime or like any show period that looks like that at that point in time, like 2007, 2008, like, no, everything was starting to kind of look more streamlined at that point. And no one was really exploring, like, weird art styles then mm-hmm. until, like, more recently. I think it even uses CG in a way that's much better than what a lot of anime does today. Like, I think it actually uses it in a very subtle, intelligent way where it's not jarring. Like, I, the moment I started recognizing, like, oh, this is a CG show, I didn't realize that. Um, I sense i didn't i didn't see it as jarring i know i think i think it like just kind of naturally eases you in on how it looks and so it's not it's not something that's bothersome really i I think yeah i think it matches how kind of like the art style is and and it's kind of like weird off-putting way um but yeah like i it was just not something that really stuck with me that i just couldn't finish it really i couldn't i couldn't resonate with what was going on because it was really just a show about like, you know, we're going to showcase as much as this densely packed information as possible about a very specific thing. And it's just something that could like, 
kind of wish you know it's just kind of whooshed over my head unfortunately like you know like mm-hmm. i you know it's it, it's something it's really important for me you know as someone who writes for games who plays different games you know like i should be like worrying about this stuff right i should and i definitely want to but it's it's something i would not want to learn through an anime like if i oh. were to like want to learn about like cabinet culture which i think is really quite like like i love learning about this stuff or like learning about the hyper specific mechanics of street fighter 2 like i would not watch it through an anime series and like be tagged along through it in which this house has a second season i don't know what they do in the second season like i don't if they, they keep up the same like kind of format with that but like it's just it's just not this is just not a format where i would want to learn these things especially mm-hmm. if they're trying to shoe in like this these tiny stories too and revolving around a cast of characters that i could not really like empathize with uh i love the opening ending i could tell you that oh, yeah. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. i think it's pretty awesome like um etsuko um yakushimaru she does the ending she has done a lot of stuff with like you know tatami galaxy more penguin jump she always does like these p- weird pop songs that sound very alien oh. and weird uh-huh yeah like and she kind of has that this, makes like, sense like, yeah 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 so it, it kind of is very fitting too for like ono who's like this kind of like quiet girl who's kind of you know like these these girls are like really weird and it's kind of i think it i think they're meant to be kind of character songs in a way for those characters but yeah it's just it's just something that did not ring well with me again it doesn't mean that it's bad it's just something that did not was not like a a thumbs up for me only because I just did not like the subject matter, but otherwise I can see it being really awesome for someone else who probably like would resonate more strongly with what they were talking about and what they're exploring. Um, I, I like I, a fun fact I learned is that I, I find it really funny that the manga got sued due to the use of like all the, yeah, <laughs> I, I was just reading anime, that on this page. To me. <laughs> the anime outright shows video game footage. Like that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, well, this it, was way before. They specifically didn't get permission from SNK, because, uh-huh. yeah, I, like, they showed off, you know, Capcom games, like, they show off games from everywhere, but apparently for the manga, they didn't get permission for SNK, but I guess after a while, they settled it, and they were able to show SNK stuff, but I, I guess yeah. that's, that's probably why you don't see a lot of SNK games, at, at uh-huh. least not, not early on, you know, it's super right. focused on... You know, Street Fighter and other Capcom and yeah, other games, stuff. but but then he starts, you know, met- mentioning you know King of Fighters, and then like he plays on a Neo Geo CD, and there's like a pretty good joke where it's just showing him sitting there waiting for it to load, and then later oh, on he's like, I, so have, I have persevered in my patience because I ne- I had to sit there and wait for the Neo Geo CD to load. I, the thing that's fucked up here is that it says that fucking SNK Playmore sent the police to their fucking office or whatever <laughs> to like grab manga, documents right? or whatever from the manga <laughs> and it's just like hey fucking why <laughs> if you ever believed copyright law for some reason wasn't insane there you go <laughs> got it. we gotta we gotta relinquish all this uh these comics because you know <laughs> get every man. single picture that has fucking my on there and get it <laughs> out of cop, there like going through every single page and having to like rip it out for, like, delete that <laughs> to turn it to evidence <laughs> like what the hell and and it's completely <laughs> useless to be mad at it because it's all like free advertising it's i know wor- worshiping the games it's just, like oh my god king of fighters 94 oh, oh it's so good you know like like fucking let them like what no you need the money i guess oh. you know what maybe the i well actually i don't know why they would have a beef with square enix i was just thinking this i was like it makes sense for them to have a beef against another game company but i was like the one that never got into fighters actually <laughs> i don't know like <laughs> Ergie's like, God Bless the Ring is their big competitor. They fucking hated it in the 90s. Dissidia, yeah. Ugh. 
And I mean, like, SNK's even, like, super chill with all the other fighting game people now. Like, Terry's showing up in fucking everything. It's like, like, they have no beef anymore. So, I don't know. I mean, that was out back in 2018. Maybe they relaxed last year or something. I don't know. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a... I totally get where you're coming from, LV, because, um, yeah, this show is definitely not for, like, newbies to the, like, fighting game scene, I suppose. Um, it, I, I, I think it was, it was useful to have your opinion, though, as someone who, I, like, I wouldn't say I'm a big, like, like, stream monster, or, like, I don't go to arcades to, like, sit there and play all the time, but I do like fighting games, and I do know, like, a good amount of them. So... It, a lot of this stuff is just like, oh yeah, no, like this makes sense. You know, this this whole show is about like the fighting game boom. This is like, you know, there was something big coming out every few months, and there was even small stuff coming out in between that. And you know, like it, I I think the problem is is that the show is like kind of I I you know I, I apologize. Should I, should it be my turn now? <laughs> yeah, you know, go no, for go it. Hot, is it. Okay. Yeah. okay. <laughs> I think a problem with the show is that it's a bit watered down, and maybe it's okay in the manga, but it feels like it's a bit watered down on both ends, where I feel like the video games get in the way of the romance story, and the romance story gets in the way of the video games a lot. Like, there's not enough time for them to really go in-depth with the games, and they also sometimes cut into the romance with games. Um... I think there are times that they do balance it well. For example, one of the better spots I feel like was uh, when um, was when Yaguchi and Ono both entered that Street Fighter tournament together. Yeah, uh, I thought that was like a really well done bit. Uh, but I also feel like the part where Ono ran away. And Yaguchi is, like, still having to, like, stop and comment on all the games that he's seeing while he's trying to find <laughs> her. I'm like, come on. Like, it's I feel much. like th- perhaps one could say that is a metaphor for how gamer men treat their girlfriends. However, I mean, may I present <laughs> this argument? Maybe, but I, I don't know. It was it was a bit much. So, I, I guess... Oh, continue. Oh, no. No, it's fine. I was just... I was just going to say that uh, in my one experience of dating a gamer man, uh-huh. it was very much like that, <laughs> where well. it's like you go out and then it's like, <laughs> it's like, wow, where do we want to go? Whoa, check out that arcade machine. Whoa. And it's just like, <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. I think, I think, they, I think like to add on to that, my other problem too is co- there are times where they just don't, act, there are times where they consistently act like kids and er, there's yeah. some other times where it's like, this sounds like a grown adult who's yeah. Yeah. like this, right? Like in that sort of, that sort of sequence, like in particular, right? That doesn't, I, I, I thought that's kind of weird. Like it's, it, it's not really consistent as to like what, what's, you know, yeah, that, that's really what it is. And you know, you're, mm. you're on the point about like. Yeah, there's no balance between them wanting to focus on the story versus them wanting to make like a nice reference to something. You know, they keep yeah. conflicting with each other, and they they don't know mm-hmm. quite how to find that um, equilibrium. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, you know, I, also I I will say, Rose, I, I'm just thinking about how I would probably act on a date, and if I saw an arcade cabinet, and I would be excited about that. And you're you're probably right. <laughs> 
Yeah, so. no, like that, that. Like I feel like, especially that age specifically, like where like you know, like they're what first year high school, second year yeah. high school, or something. Something around that. I think second year. He has a job, so. Um. I think he's. I think it's first year when the first season drops off, and I guess we should. Uh, we should be specific. It's. It's because it's kind of weird how the show is set up on Netflix. Uh, what I went by was the first twelve episodes were season one, and then they consider the next three OVAs. But I guess they're kind of supposed to just be the rest of season one. So I just watched the. I just watched up to episode twelve because that's what yeah, we told too. people to. That's what we told people to watch. So. You know, whatever. Um, if you continue to watch it, that's fine. I might actually finish watching it just because I do kind of want to see what happens. Um, might even watch season two, but um, I don't. I, it's just like I, I felt like I really legitimately enjoyed Yaguchi and Ono. I, th- mm-hmm. I, I seriously think if it was just a story about them, it would be far more interesting. I think that Hidaka. Hidako throws a wrench into it that at times I think was like a fun, juicy, like, ooh, love triangle thing. But it ends up just making me, like, really dislike Yaguchi. Because his relationship with Ono and, like, their rivalry mixed with their, like, well, they won't they thing. And then they have a lot of, like, cute moments together. And, like, whenever he's with her... There's a lot of moments where they have this really cute romantic relationship. You're like, oh, you know, that seems nice. That like he he's like he 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 will mature and he will learn because he wants to he wants to impress her. But then there's also like, oh, you know, he still improved even though she, he they didn't go to the same high school. And you know, like it, it, there's these moments of growth for him, and that is nice. But then they bring Hidaka in, and he's just a piece of shit to her. Like, she pretty much, like, upends her tastes for him. She gets into games because he's so into it. And, you know, obviously, she eventually kind of just gets into it herself, and she gets really good at it, and she just loves games. That's not a bad thing. But it's just like, God, she's, like, constantly... And and also... You know, you don't have to be with somebody because they're interested in you, obviously. But just the fact that she's just, like, you know, as nice as possible to him, and he's just constantly blowing her off. Like, she goes out and, like, gets Final Fight. And, you know, obviously that was before she knew that Final Fight is a single-player game on Super Nintendo. But she invites him over... Or she, she like, she, she's like, hey, I got Final Fight, and he's like, okay, can I borrow it? Instead of being like, can I come over? Like, he's just, he's just a douche to her, and it's like, it, it just throws off any kind of like excitement you had for him going with Ono. It, it's like, oh, he's just a dick unless it's a fighting game thing, you know? Like, it, it just makes me think like, yeah, but what if something like bad happens to Ono and it doesn't involve fighting games or you know what if they have any kind of strife in their relationship which you know maybe that gets answered in a later season but it's just like it just makes me not want to root for him at all he just it he's it just makes him seem like really too single-minded and and shitty yeah no i agree with you but i think i'm coming at it from the other angle of like i feel like my favorite character in it was koharu 
Um, oh no, I, I think- like I like her. I absolutely like her, and I I just wish that it was. I just wish it was handled better, I guess, in a sense, because yeah. she is definitely, I, I think seeing someone get into games and learn is something, but then again, I would also have loved to see her progression with games more. I would have loved Instead to Instead of just see... her getting dumped in as an expert after, like, a year skip or whatever that they exactly, did. Exactly, exactly. I would have loved to see her, like, learning games and, you know, seeing her get into the different characters. Like, like that's what I'm saying. I wish it was, I almost wish it was one or the other because it's just, like, I just wish that I could see, like, like, there were little scenes here and there, like, like, uh, like when Street Fighter Alpha came out and Yaguchi's like, well, I played as Guile in Street Fighter 2. Am I just gonna play as, uh, Charlie? And, you know, he decides against it because he's like, no, I want to play as Guy because he's got Guy in his name, like Guile, and, you know, like, bits like that. I want to see, like, why they're picking different characters. I want to see them play the different games more, and... See how their relationships build around that, but it it feels like both parts of the story are window dressing to the other part, so neither part is actually as fully fleshed out as it should be. Yeah, no, totally. Um, I feel like from from my angle of how I felt about the show overall is that I think Ono gives me really bad impression when I started watching it because mm-hmm. it felt like wow, so we're having the gamer man and his beautiful gamer wife who does not speak, which is the ideal situation for a gamer man, it feels like, at times. Yeah. Or it was just like, yeah. And then, like, when they introduced Koharu, I felt more positive because she was, like, a person, I guess. Like she acts character. Yeah, she acts way too old at first, I think, first of all. Yeah. Like, she has way too many, like, processed thoughts for someone who's in their last year of middle school and mm-hmm. first year of high school. But, like, I felt like she was, like, an actual character. She had her own motivations and stuff. And I felt felt like it was, like, interesting that they were at least showcasing, like, this can be what it's like for, like, someone who is, like, trying... To, who, likes likes a person, but they're, like, totally out of it. Uh, I thought that maybe it was, like, their intention to show that he was a shithead but apparently i don't know if that was their intention because they just sort of like seem to act like he's really cool all the time later mm-hmm. um I, I i i did really not like like you said most of the scenes were like the where she brings over her playstation for him and then he's just like all right bye thanks yeah like it was like oh, okay cool which actually brings me his mom and every adult on this show is fucking insane <laughs> I feel like I feel like most of the side characters, other than like Yaguchi's friends, are yeah. fucking insane. It's like the mom is like constantly per- yeah, she's twisted. She's perving on her son, like watching. And then through she gets the upset when when it seems like something might happen, but obviously it's not, and then she blames it on him. Uh, <laughs> God. And then there's, like, all the different, like, teachers and shit, and, the you know... The weird, I'm... racist welcome man? <laughs> yes! Oh, my God! Him? Wait, Who's wearing, wait. like, a, a comically, like, ridiculous outfit? Mm-hmm. And Which they're, one? like... I mean, the... What's his the, name? Like, the, the guy who the... pays him to get sodas, remember, at one point? Oh, yeah, so, yes... But also, they specifically just drew him to look like one of the characters from Virtua Fighter. That's why he looks like that. He's yes, a Virtua Fighter character. But and yeah, yeah. So you know, br- bring bring it up with Sega. I will. 
but yeah, like all of, I, I feel like I, at first I thought when they were in middle school, I was thinking like, okay, so they're just trying to portray, like, I could imagine being like a kid who loves video games or whatever in middle school. And all, all, every adult seems like a, a terrible monster, but it doesn't change like ever. Like as they get older or anything, like it's like ridiculous almost. Yeah, like yeah, there's, there's full that, that like adult man who gets pissed every time he loses. Yeah. Like, full on wants to beat the shit out of him multiple times. And it's just like, all right. Like I've heard stories that arcades were nuts back then, but I, I, I kind of doubt that a grown, a grown man would, man would not would no. want to. Yeah. I don't think a grown man would want to beat up a middle school kid. Like I, I don't think that would happen. But hey, Daigo, if you're listening and you say otherwise, <laughs> let me know because I just you know you you know more than I do, man. <laughs> so I I obviously different cu- culture, but I I did I do have the arcade experience because there were a lot of arcades around me growing up, and we have the uh, big arcade museum like right nearby where I was that you could go to and play like every arcade game that has ever existed or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um. So I, I do have that experience of, like, a lot of the stuff they were talking about. And again, like I said, it's arguably different, but it was still, like, interesting for me because it was different to see, like, that cultural difference of what that was like, like Mortal Kombat and stuff like that. Like, I totally understood, like, yeah, Mortal Kombat, this is amazing because it's so fucked up, dude, look, or whatever. Like, I, I thought that scene was pretty good. Um, but they they really don't leverage the arcades as a social scene, I feel like. Like... Mm-hmm. Even when they're going there to socialize, like, like for me, when I think of like all the times I went out with friends and stuff, I think more about the things that I did with my friends there. Like, I think about like, wow, like here's that time that we fought in this thing or whatever, or here's the thing. But like most of the time, it just seems to be a vessel for them to be like, damn, a fucked up person's going to punch Yaguchi at the arcade, or he's going to like say, look, here's how you unlock Akuma in Street Fighter 2 or something like that. And then, like, that's the limit of what happens. Mm -hmm. Like, they don't integrate it all. Like you said, they both serve as, like, window dressing. A very good way of putting it. Mm -hmm. Like, there's no integration (laughs) at all, it feels like, most of the time. Um, I did, I did like the series more as it went on, I think. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, Me me too. That's why I do kind of want to, like, keep watching it for a bit at the very least i want to finish the first season because i do think that it as it goes it builds more and it finds its footing but those are that early going is definitely very rough the entire first arc until ono leaves is i i I was like oh this sucks i don't know like that's how i felt I, i agree i absolutely agree i think it's just really bland like it, it it feels like a, a girl can play video games. Yeah, that's kind exactly. of just what all all it is. Yeah. Yeah. No, th- that's absolutely the thing. I forgot. Like it's just like like those early goings with Ono where she doesn't speak and stuff like that. It really feels like oh, be still my beating heart, like a gaming girl. Like. It, yeah, it's... yeah. I, I like I, I I was watching the first few episodes and like Walker was like adding me like basically like oh no it it gets better kind of because like the first few episodes I was like yeah no this is just like the gamer boy's dr- dream of getting a hot silent girl to play games with him you know and it's just like like you know it's not the absolute quote unquote gamer's dream because he's still not winning all the time but. <laughs> Yeah, he has you to know. lose to his gamer wife. How yeah, horrible! Oh, yeah. Oh, what a what a nightmare it would be to have a girl <laughs> be better than you at something. Um, 
But no, it's just it, it it definitely rubs you the wrong way until they move on and then Hidaka comes back and I, I still feel like her falling for him so quickly felt a little like a eh, gamer gamer's dream, but you know, it, it still feel it still it still feels more human and then as time goes on it it continues to like fill out and the characters really grow and become more of actual characters as time goes on. I felt like I felt the opposite about how it was like Koharu because I totally believed that she would fall for him immediately because like she like I think that the way that they wrote her being like I don't have anything to be passionate about in my life right now like I just go home I like do my homework and then go to sleep and then there's this here's this dumbass yeah, kid right. who's like do, ignoring his homework and just playing games and being like super stoked about it and like rattling off all this stuff and she's like like yeah like it makes sense that she would like that the problem is why would she continue to like him over time because he's just an asshole like that's the part where it's just like uh yeah i I i feel like after after a little yeah i feel like after a little bit she should have just been like yeah i'm into games but i'm not into you anymore yeah See the real the real good show is it's high score girls and their date both of them instead and they abandon yeah, him yeah yeah because they're both pro gamer well they're way better gaming than him and way normal no I don't know I think I think it's really weird that when Ono comes back they barely do anything to flesh her out <laughs> like they did with yeah. Koharu like she continues to be a no speaking like. I don't I don't know. It was weird. I think they try to with like them being like, "Oh, but she's she doesn't have any time to herself when she's at home." But because she doesn't speak and because they don't really let her like really show off her character, it doesn't really hit. Cuz she's just, you know, looking a little sad when she's doing her piano recital or whatever instead of, you know, actually like having her express her emotions or talk to another character. It's just everyone kind of projecting on like not really projecting but just like us like assuming how she feels in a way and you know yeah. they're right because they have to be because she doesn't talk but yeah it's it's definitely not as good as it could be the only other thing that i can think of to mention is that uh you told you revealed to me that uh yoko shimura did the uh soundtrack yeah like, she did yeah and because uh, I jokingly said, like, I, when I was on, like, episode seven, I said, all the sad music sounds like Kingdom Hearts. And, well, there you <laughs> go. It was Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> it was Kingdom Hearts. Because she, she did the yeah. Street Fighter II yeah. soundtrack, which is a good grab to do if you're making yeah. a show like this. Yeah, yeah. So that association makes sense. It's not. <laughs> but it just sounds like Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, she definitely, like, worked in some, like, light motifs from a lot of her music. Like, there, there's music that plays like when yaguchi is doing something quote-unquote cool and it kind of sounds like guile's theme and it's you know because he mains guile so you know he would have a song that sounds like guile's theme which i i I think is really cool that they're like incorporating his mains music and like his theme um i don't know maybe maybe i should pay attention to like ono's theme maybe ono's theme sounds like Zangief's theme or something like that. I don't know. Um, I, I probably just don't notice immediately because, like, Guile's theme is, like, a meme and, you know, one of the, like, standouts on the Street Fighter soundtrack. But, you know, I don't I don't remember Zangief's theme off the top of my head. Um, 
That, that actually reminds me of another part that did at least get laughs out of me every time is when the video game character talks to him. I just thought that was funny. I don't know. Just Yeah, Guile just being... <laughs> Guile just being like, Horror! No! Ah! So like, okay. You'll never I, be a family man like this. Like, Guile, like, punches him, like, eight times towards the end of the series. Like, you're a dumbass. What's wrong with you? Ah! And I was just like... Why is it happening? And like, people are commenting that he's like been knocked over, and I'm like, "Fuck, this world is fucked." I don't it's know. It's a fucked up world. It's a fucked up world. <laughs> it's a fucked up individual. Um. So yeah, I guess I was probably the most positive on it. I don't know. Uh, I liked it too. I, th- yeah. I think we're kind of on the same footing. I would say. I, I, it, yeah. it was It was all right. I didn't hate I, it. I didn't love it. But yeah, I didn't love it either. Um, and I totally get LV. I, you are bold to not have even, you know, like I, I really pushed through and you know, it was fine, but I have to respect you genuinely for just being like, fuck it. No, (laughs) no. Yeah. Honestly, I was just, oh God. I feel it. Yeah. If you don't know what these motherfuckers are talking about, it, it would be really rough to watch. I feel like, so I do kind of apologize for subjecting you to that in a sense, but you know. Because that again, not like 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 I've explained, it's not that just being an issue. It's I think you put it well. Where yeah, there's no synthesis of all the different things going on here. Where mm-hmm. I couldn't even like s- like sit down to and take it in, even for the characters. I couldn't really care about what's happening. Yeah, here, like right? a, you know, that, a, a that's good the problem. A good seventy percent of what these characters are talking about is just like gibberish to you, basically. Yeah. Look, it was really important when Darkstalkers came out because that was when Capcom upgraded their graphics capabilities and then they translated that to Street Fighter Alpha because they finally moved on from Street Fighter 2 and everyone was wondering when Street Fighter 3 would come out and everyone thought that Street Fighter Alpha was Street Fighter 3 but it wasn't because Street Fighter 3 came out later. The new challengers. They had a whole new roster. Ryu was the only one, Ryu was the only one originally in there but by the time Street Fighter 3 Third Strike came out they also had Ken and Chun-Li. See, it made me realize I fucking hate Street Fighter and also all fighting games. <laughs> they got away with so much shit. Capcom killed the industry. That is they, what they did. They absolutely did. Yeah, no, you're, you're 100% right. Fighting games were birthed from Capcom and they also were killed by Capcom. They they overdid it. Why were they like, oh yeah, let's make eight at a time. Fuck it. Yeah, that sounds a great idea. Let's make Rumble I'm Schools. Yeah. Game. I'm the same game. <laughs> Rumble, Rumble School, sorry, Rival Schools. <laughs> they, listen, they aren't the same game. <laughs> you're you're right, but also, Wait, did they have to make all of them? <laughs> they didn't have to do that. No, maybe someone else could have made those games and not them. I mean, they were, and that was also part of the problem because SNK were also putting out a King of Fighters. It's both here, of these motherfuckers out here. And there, there were also games that were just rip, rip-offs of Street Fighter, like, you know, Haruho, or Haruho had that whole section where he was like, oh my god, be still my beating heart, they're putting out fucking, uh, the Karnov's Revenge or whatever the fuck. Like, <laughs> right. Th- th- that game, that game was, Capcom sued them because it was so similar to Street Fighter 2. <laughs> so, well. Yeah. Fuck the fighting game, boom. I, I, the, okay, actually, the funniest line in the entire series is when he's, like, confessing his love to her or whatever when they're in middle school, I think, maybe. Yeah. No, no, it was when she came back or whatever and they're walking 
uh, home and he goes, I didn't think the fighting boom would go this far or something like that. I was yeah, just he, like, Because he, he was worried that that he would miss like having a fighting game time with her like oh i want you to be here for the fighting games and you know like it lasted long enough for her to come back (laughs) Uh, i just that was like the funniest shit they were still putting out versions of street fighter 2 you know what the real fucked up thing is they put out a new version of street fighter 2 like a year and a half ago so hey they did that's true That that switch version where they just added vi- like like evil Ryu and violent Ken and that's it. Oh, I forgot about evil Ryu. Yeah, evil Ryu and violent Ken. I thought that they they referenced the um, the fact that people were playing Akuma and it was fucked up or whatever too many times without actually showing people be Akuma and be good at him. That is like, true. They kept saying, like, oh, he fucked up the Akuma pick or whatever, or oh, she can pick Akuma flawlessly. Which, yes, that was a very important thing to do in Street mm-hmm. Fighter 2. However, show me them. Show me them doing it. Show me them yeah. doing it. That was something actually in the first episodes, like, they were showing, like, like when they're talking about guile turtling and stuff like that, they just, mm-hmm. like, move away from that so quickly. They, they really do. do. Yeah. So yeah, I they think do. you nailed it, John. This lacking, lacking, uh, like a complete, a complete picture. It's just two separate mm-hmm. pictures looking at each other, two worlds mm-hmm. that will never meet. Much like the, a gamer girl, it's impossible. I know the creator. I think he, I think he recently did work, or I, I don't know if he's only done the art. Or if he actually, he's 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 done some stuff for like. One of the Jillian recent yokai animated has come out. One of them. I, I feel. <laughs> one of those, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of. I don't. There's like you, thirty. That. There's yeah. a lot of them recently for some reason. Um. Oh, I see. It's the. It's one of the. Um, okay, it's one of the the kids ones. Okay. But yeah, that's just that's just. I was just checking like some recent stuff he did, but yeah. I I um, could I could tell you why there are so many. <laughs> oh okay. <laughs> it's because yokai watch was a very big deal. Uh-huh. And that that was like years and years ago at this I point, know. like 2014. So mm-hmm. we're just in the fallout. <laughs> the fa- fallout that has been lasting for years. Wow. I mean, yeah, Yokai yeah. Watch killed themselves, so someone had to do something. So you're right. They're all trying to hop on and repair what has been broken. I don't know if you know anything about what happened to Yokai Watch, but it's really fucked up. There's like, more than like. So there's the oh, games, it didn't right? Sell well or no, no, it sold very well, and then they decided to shoot themselves for some reason, basically uh-huh. by. So first of all, the thing that really killed them was they made this show called Yokai Watch Dark or something. I'm gonna look this up real quick. Is this is this part of the anime series or is this some other separate thing? I don't remember what it's called. It was a different because, anime series that was in the future. Because because um, they definitely, I think, localized one of the anime series here at least yeah we got the good one for a hot second <laughs> for no, like, you know for kids yeah they still do um yeah. I, I, okay. I've watched it all don't worry <laughs> I'm a big yokai watch head so uh-huh. <laughs> but um so in Japan the thing that killed it was yokai watch shadow side which is a sequel that takes place like 20 years in the future where everything's fucked up and they ruined all the designs and made them all like scary and stuff. They tried to make like an edgy version? Yeah, with like teens and stuff and they're like fighting them all. And it's different characters. It's not like grown up. Oh, okay. And it's just like, 
it was nobody liked it they canceled it like almost immediately and went back to the original yokai watch series but then like the damage had been done and and then they decided to make another one that was like all the yokai watch character uh the the yokai like jibanyan and stuff they humanized them and then made them into common rioters uh-huh and no one liked that either so it felt like they were just why like why do they keep doing that why i don't do know they... like why wouldn't they stick to it right because people liked the original because it's like the same thing as pokemon right it's just like little buddy friends I, I think what's I think what's questionable about it is that like why did they decide to do all this experimentation when they the the main original series is still something consistently proven to have been popular followed, yeah right? yeah I don't so know it's not it's not even like they took time to be like oh yeah let's make a grown up version because our audience our, our main kids audience <sighs> yeah no probably, you know they didn't do that. it sounded like they did it all at once and yeah that's they very d- conflicting. Part of the problem, too, was that they took so long between the second and third games. Um, like, I think... See, like, Yokai Watch 2 was, like, in 2014 or something, and then instead of coming out the next year like a Pokemon game would, it, it, they took two years off. Oh, yeah, that would... That's their competition. So. And even worse, <laughs> localized, they took three years to localize it. Uh-huh. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, that's the Yokai Watch live for you. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's... it's very sad. The third game's really funny because they have the Y files as half the game, which is uh, Murder and Cucky, I think, is what they call the Mulder and Scully characters. And they're just going oh around God. doing like American <laughs> Yokai or whatever uh-huh. equivalents. <laughs> yeah, that, that was pretty good. Yokai Watch is good. The the the, the TV show is really good because it's like this weird comedy thing, that's like, I don't know, it's very enjoyable. That's that's all I'll say. <laughs> I mean, are are they still producing games or are they still? They just like, made four, yeah, yeah, like like a few months ago. Four came out, I think. Which that was actually that might have been the big killer too. Is after three they took four years to make four. Oh shit! Oh shit! Okay, that's it. I don't know. I saw Shadow Side and I was like, "This is terrible." That's the Yokai Watch Minute. I'm not d- dedicating any more time to Yokai Watch. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yokai Watch Minute on, yeah, Talk- yeah, on a watch. Yeah, no. I, 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 I don't know. Like, if your kids, yeah, I mean, if you look at other like anime franchises that are, their demographic is kids, yeah, you can't just take breaks. You got to keep going. Yeah, babies are gonna become adults in like two weeks you don't want to <laughs> you don't want to like waste time <laughs> yeah so i feel like that must have been their goal with the shadow side thing right is they were like oh well the kids who started watching yokai watch are now teens and teens love edgy things and i hate to break it to y'all but teens also like cute things still like i still played pokemon when i was a teen and it wasn't because pokemon was edgy <laughs> <laughs> that's unfortunate oh. Um, no, but yeah, okay, yeah. It wasn't. It was. I. It wasn't Cartoon Network that had you. Okay. It was. It, it was, was Disney it was XD. Disney XD, yeah. <laughs> which is also a weird place to have anime license. I don't. Yeah, I don't they have a few. Uh, yeah. I forget what else they have, but they had like. Um, fuck. They might have had Naruto after some point. Oh god, Shikudan. they did have. I think for a brief second, they did have it for a brief moment before Cartoon Network. Like, <laughs> yeah, before Toonami, they brought Toonami back. Adult Slim. I, th- yeah. I think they also had Pokemon for a bit. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, they did. Yeah. They yeah. definitely aired the Pokemon movies for a hot second, I think, for mm. some reason on, like, Disney artworks. Uh, they were definitely showing the show on there as well. I don't know if mm-hmm. they have started to do that on uh, Cartoon Network again or whatever. Well, yeah, all right, enough of Yokai Watch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, okay. In memoriam. Yeah. Rest we, in peace. Uh, we do have one question <laughs> all right. about... Uh, high score girl um, and it's just besides the off-putting nostalgia what exactly is the appeal of high score girl from anonymous um, damn yeah oof I don't know um, I mean it's yeah I think that that is kind of what we boiled it down to is that it there isn't really enough appeal if you don't know all these things you know it's just it's very much a fan servicey do you remember being in this era sort of deal like i i feel like a lot of people the people that i saw talking about the show when it came out were just big fighting game fans you know like i rem- i just remember you know like i follow like people that work at fighting game places like i remember like jabaley and Markman like talking on twitter like hey i'm watching that high score girl you know it makes me remember being a kid back then because yeah that's what it is it's for them it's for hey i was a kid in the 90s i went to the arcades i played fighting games i was excited to get the home version you know like it was it was that and um yeah, I mean, I, I didn't grow up with that, you know, like, when I was a kid, I was a kid during the late 90s and early 2000s, and that was when fighting games were dead. And, you know, like, I, I could play some of them on PlayStation, but I wasn't playing that, I was playing, like, RPGs and, you know, like, Spyro and all that, so, you know, fighting games are more of a recent thing, but I can still, like, respect the classics, I'm, but also, I respect the classics by, like, playing them on Fightcade or on, like you know, the Switch online, or the the Switch, uh, like, thing where you just buy Garo for seven bucks or whatever, you know, it's just like, you know, I, I don't, I don't play at the arcade, so, I don't know, it's, it's, it's definitely a, a, a different time period thing, but, yeah, I mean, it's also, like, a romantic comedy thing at the same time, but if you don't think, if you, if you can't get into the characters, which, again, I don't blame you, because, the main boy is kind of a dick to one of the girls, and one of the girls doesn't talk. So, yeah, <laughs> it's it's a weird thing. I, I still feel positive about it, but I also 100% get it if you walked away from it. Like, LV, who was just kind of like, I don't know what the hell. Or for some people that were just like, I fucking hate it. <laughs> you know what? The, 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 the worst thing about this show, actually... Um, mm-hmm. is the fucking girl with the pink hair that exists in several animes. I said it was like the female version of Mineta. I'm sick of this. What is the origin yeah. point for that? <laughs> like, they make this hyper horny, like, woman who always, they make her look, like, as horrible as possible. And it's like, haha, isn't this a funny? It's bad. It's not funny. It's never funny. <laughs> It's actively bad. Yeah, it was actively horrible. Uh, Appeal-wise, I don't know. It wasn't that, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, no. no. Oh, we did just get a question um, that is kind of, sort of, similar to this, uh, to, about High Score Girls, so I'll just ask it now. Um, Anonymous asks, What is your favorite example of a video game inside of an anime? 
Also, why do so many anime about being inside of a video game take place in video games that could never be real? That is so true. What, like Sword Art Online? Like, sure. <laughs> yeah, like I like like those like, all, like, like ex- astronomical, like ridiculous, like VR game where I'm pretty sure if something like that existed, it would be illegal and yeah, as soon as possible. Oh, like the like, dot hack. If we want to go further, like it's yeah, 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 yeah. The original genre of that all the mmo isekai that i've ever watched those mmos are not mmos like you people don't know <laughs> shit like i don't <laughs> like yeah especially today i'm pretty sure pretty quickly people would like you know if we can't depend on like authorities i think like the average person like a, like a good coalition of people would rise up and be like this is sh- fucked up someone's gonna be out there to, like try to shut it down or something i don't know um if it's killing people or putting people in comas uh <laughs> I don't, so, um, so just, so the question really is just about, like, What's, like, like a real video game, like, like that was referenced. In I, maybe, I guess it could be that, yeah, it's probably, that's probably what they mean, yeah. I like when Fafnir plays Dark Souls in Dragon Maid. I agree, that was good as hell. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> good example of yeah, whenever of, video games are referenced, they're usually fictionalized. There, you know, again, again, the whole thing about a high school girl being sued. I mean, well, yeah. not police raiding the, the, the artist. <laughs> Listen, that like if that if that could get that bad in Japan, I that's you know I, I you know I wouldn't be surprised if not many of them are like want to outright reference that. But mm-hmm. so most of the time, the ones I'm thinking of, they're all like fictional games. Well, I guess like well, probably just say that that's probably fine i think this question is vague enough we can get away with whatever we want to this person (laughs) (laughs) i mean i gotta think um some good gamer anime gamer anime (laughs) what about gamers that that show was okay wow it frustrated me after a while because I wish people would just talk to each other, but you know. That's how it is. I don't know. I don't I don't I don't have too much to say. But yeah, I I, I don't know. There there are just a lot of anime that take place in fucked up realms and it's just it's an attempt to get the geeks and gamers into it. It's to be like, "Hey, you know video games. Well, this world is like a video game except way cooler." But it's also evil. I like in Log Horizon when they exploit the tax system of their world. Again, in irony, given the man himself who wrote it, but... <laughs> he's free now, right? Yeah, he's free now. God bless. But, right, well, I think that I think that does it. Yeah. Remember in Erased when, like, them <laughs> constantly mentioning Dragon Quest definitely was with that. the time period yeah. that took place is he keeps thinking about Dragon Quest, and that it was. I thought that was. I feel like that that was one of the flaws of that that that's you know that show. Or like, uh, you know, I think going back to what I think my original opinion was too, where there were just certain things not developed well, I in such a way that was enough for me to kind of resonate with what's going on. But like, I think that was one of them, especially like towards you know again, spoilers if someone has still not seen it because you know it was one of our anime picks we saw right. Um, but like towards the ending, and he just you know he like changes his life, and like he's choosing his new career. There's a whole thing that I think was not properly contextualized in the anime that I read further on. Like that's actually explained. Like it's it's because of Dragon Quest that he's inspired to move to a creative career. That's yeah. why. 
and they don't really they don't really like touch upon that again in the, in this in this anime but okay that's that's apparently a big deal like dragon quest actually was supposed to be a more reference thing throughout it um so <laughs> oh no no i think i can think of like a uh, a good game reference. It was um, it was very brief. I just remember it being like a weird like. <laughs> it's it was in O Savage Maidens when one of the girls who, she, you know, they, they kind of s- subtly reveal that she's gay. Oh right! And she's playing Street Fighter, and they like zoom in on like Chun Li's legs. I <laughs> forgot about that. <laughs> Fuck! I and forgot for some about reason, that. That is like. They're, that is kind of like a bit like I don't know. It's like oh yeah, she she thinks this woman's hot, so she's gay. Like I don't know. I just I don't oh know. listen, I get it. Okay, I. <laughs> I mean, but who, like Chen Li has amazing legs. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah, I just remember that just now all of a sudden. But <laughs> God, I forgot. And that's about the only that. time in that whole series they show like a clip of like a, real footage of like a game and nowhere else. That was just a very jarring thing. But yeah. It's wild. <laughs> All right, that's that's everything. Mm-hmm. All right, time for the real show. Just kidding, that was the real show. Now we're in the fake show. This is the fake I mean, show now. Oh, Pretty much, we're, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's start. Let's see, what's a fake thing to talk about? Um, uh, Fire Force. LV, how's Fire Force? <laughs> oh, Lord, I'm back on this Fire Force bullshit. Um yeah, Fire Force is, I think, one of the first series that is now entering the new season. I think a lot yeah. of them still haven't started until next week. Um, that's not where I mean, a lot of them will not start until next week. There you go. That's what I mean. Wrong tense. But I was really surprised by this. Fr- okay, so, like, when I initially first saw Fire Force, the first season, like, again, it was one of those things where, like, oh, wow, the first episode's so good. Like, wow, this is, like, really impressive. The action's well animated. Like, I'm I'm into this. Like, what the fuck? People are just exploding and turning to demons. I love this. And then, like, it just constantly has, like, a back-and-forth issue of, wow, this is cool, but also, why is it so sexist? Uh-huh. <laughs> or, wow, like, this is, like interesting but why is the pacing so weird and fucked up um i'm very shocked by how they're opening up the second episode which is actually um an adaptation of something that happens earlier on from what i'm reading in the manga like it doesn't actually happen towards it doesn't happen in the arc that they're about to enter which is like you know this shit's getting more real than it was basically to to sum it up but this is like a weird like light-hearted filler not really filler filler because that is canon but like like harder chapter where the characters are just chilling and normally on the set, you know, normally when a second season open up, they're, they're kind of continuing from where they left off and they're not doing that here. They're just like, Oh, we're going to take a break from all that. We're going to open up the second season with something very lighthearted. And literally our character, our main characters are just like relaxing on a shopping trip outside eating ice cream it's kind of nice. Nothing bad happens to the girls. There's no fan service in this, but there is. There's a different kind of fan service later on, as I'll go into, um, which is kind of like a big problem the show has. There's clearly like an issue with the double standard fan service, despite the fact this is a show about like muscly men who are firefighters. Like, what is going on here? <laughs> like, listen, there is like a huge market that they're missing out here, um, but. Yeah, they're just chilling. They're going shopping, and like some of the girls are like, "Oh yeah, let's you know let's." Let's, uh, it, 
it's a basically there's a whole sequence where they're dunking on one of their superiors for being like a dad like he dresses poorly like they're dunking on him for having really bad fashion sense and they just decide to like oh yeah let's just buy some clothes for him and stuff and it's just the girls chilling and you know our main character he's he's also like not doing anything bad I, it's just really shocking how like oh i wish like the tone of the series was just this consistently where everyone's fine and nothing you know nothing bad's happening um but ultimately like their trip is again disruptive where you know they kind of have to fight off one of the um the god i already forgot their name infernals infernals the yeah the, the they have to fight off like um again one of the one of the beasts one someone who again combusted and like they have to do all that thing and like again like it's still consistently well animated when it broke into that um but yeah like nothing really eventful happens in the first half of the episode again like it's just a very lighthearted thing where we're seeing our characters relax for once which is nice um you know and then it kind of like shows them going back to the fire station and all that returning from their day um what what's really what's really most important about this second episode? I mean, the, this 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 episode is the second half, which again I'm really shocked by, and I hope this is maybe something that's a little more addressed in terms of the issues of the double standards uh, when it comes to the fan service of the show. But they literally canonically outright say that yes, all the firefighters, like all of us, every 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 fire force company. They put together a hot firefighters calendar that they sell to the public. Like canonically, they do that. They sell they sell like a hot firefighters men calendar to the public mm-hmm. in order to appeal to like getting like yeah, just to, to to boost up their reputation and to get like funds and support from the public about like what they're doing. And I'm like, what? And look, like, they show the calendar and it's just the male characters. And I'm like, wow, that's very fun. Like they don't actually show like anything having to do with female like you know the any of the women being subjected to fan service at all in this entire episode. And they literally go in, they just show like the guys being shirtless, like through like a montage. And it just, it's just that that's literally the episode. The episode literally was just to say, we have like a hot firefighters men calendar. That's it. <laughs> like that's the opening of fire force season two. Um, yeah, that's it. Nothing happens plot wise. Um, Damn. Yeah. I was like, Okay, and I literally was thinking, like, was this an apology episode? For <laughs> they heard you. They, <laughs> like, they listened the, to like, finally like, all here. right. Yeah, like, all right. Um, that's what I'm saying. Like, this, again, this is a show, like, the fi- the stereotype of, like, a hot firefighter men is, like, there. It's, like, it's there, and they're not doing it. Like, I understand. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I'm not going to, I don't, I feel like this is not going to be, like, equally spread out throughout the rest of the series, but we'll see. But, yeah, it's apparent that. I don't know. The opening was kind of like an art opening. We're going we're gonna to throw in all these new characters, and I don't know who any of them are. Uh, that's what it looked like. Uh, and yeah, other yeah, other that, there was really no real development in this episode. Just to say that it purely was like a fan service episode. So yeah, I was. It's a quality. By that, it, yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty good. Um, yeah. Again, I can't say if that will apply for the rest of the series so <laughs> um well at least they said that i did that i guess i like yeah i, was like, I think that's oh. extremely funny given like how that was like really was your core complaint like over the last season of watching it was just like damn this is really uncomfortable mm-hmm. and it's really weird i think because in general like it does feel like 
that stereotype would be the thing, right? That would be the thing to do if you're making a firefight show, is just sexy men. You'd almost think it would be like a free-like like, thing, literally, right? Like, literally, that's what Premiere is. Yeah, that, that, yeah. Like, they kind of, like, yeah, like, um, but, <laughs> um, but again, this is, like, the, this is the person who made Soul Eater, so then it's, like, you know, we're not gonna, I don't know. Um, I don't know if we're going to have this consistent thing about, like, acknowledging, hey... Next episode, right back to it. Ass shot right up yeah, from the opening. Just, like. yeah, gonna, <laughs> right back to it. Just, uh, yeah. Well, speaking of ass shots, um, mm. I watched all of Glipnir. Oh, no. Oh. Uh, they kind of stopped doing ass shots towards the end, but... I will say that there was a lot of times they in that show. They did it towards show, the beginning. And the middle. Uh-huh. And the middle end, but not the end. <laughs> um, I don't know what the fuck happened in the ending. They just sort of went off on one. I don't really know. But uh, I will say that I think it's very funny that there's a character in that show just named Alien. <laughs> who is an alien. Okay. He just okay. hangs out. By this sure. vending machine. And he makes everyone go collect coins for him. <laughs> but he's just called Alien. Because apparently... So this is the whole plot of the show, actually. I forgot to mention this last times when I was talking about it. Is that this alien motherfucker... Like, their ship blew up. And all of his alien friends got turned into coins. So he's making everyone go out there and collect all the coins, which are the aliens, so that he can make the spaceship again and go home. Mm-hmm. But, like, the last two episodes were, like, a flashback? I don't... Where, like, the alien was in love with this woman, but then he turned the woman into another woman because she didn't want to be this woman. She wanted to be another woman. I didn't, what? It was really confusing. I, I just, it was really, really confusing. And then there was this man who said he was the hero of the story, and he had like a dead woman floating above him, like a ghost, uh, with swords. And I was like, that's kind of cool. I don't know. Um. So what does that have to do with the main premise, where this guy turns into like a furry suit? And that's then this a great girl has to question. So. <laughs> So, <laughs> so they started going on the subplot about his, the girl's sister, who apparently originally had a crush on him or something, and they have she removed all his memories where she turned him into the thing. The alien turned him into the thing, uh-huh. but the alien turned everyone into a bunch of things. Except I want to say like every time there's a girl, they don't turn the girl into a fucked up thing. Shocker, I know they don't turn the girl into a fucked up monster or something like that. They do all the guys. All of the girls turn into, like, one of them is just puts on a Jason mask and, like, has, like, her titties out or whatever. Mm-hmm. And is, like, rail thin. And it's like, yep. Also, she's a lesbian in the uh-huh. show. And they're very weird about it. And I don't know what's up with that. But then the other one is just this girl who has cat ears. And that's her transformation is that she gets cat ears. And I was like, Really? fucking cowards <laughs> fucking like even when the the main antagonist girl who is the sister or whatever is like turning into her fucked up monster form she just it looks normal she's just surrounded by like dark energy or whatever it's like fuck off huh Humph. 
So why did the alien tur- like why did the alien just like freak out and turn everyone into these things if if oh, he just wants to he get at- the point? He says, "I'll grant you a wish." Or whatever. Uh-huh. If you get me the coins. Uh, and they say, okay, and then they get transformed or whatever into something that matches them, in quotation marks, because I don't fucking believe that for a second, but okay. Because <laughs> the cat ear girl loves animals and wants to be a veterinarian or whatever, so that's why she gets cat ears. Okay, So she whatever. turns into a cat girl? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. But I, it doesn't. that doesn't track ever, actually, because it's like... Oh, yeah, like, this one dude who hates fighting turns into a giant fighting monster, and it's like, okay, that doesn't seem like it makes sense. You'd think his ability would be to avoid fighting or something, right? Like, no. This one dude has a key. His head turns into a camera. Oh, shit. He won't believe it. But he's a pervert. Uh-oh! Oh, no. <sighs> Uh-oh! Um, yeah, there's it's it's very clearly an etchy show. I just want to say that all the way to the end. Like it's like like the ass shots are unreal. Like they're like there was a scene where they were legitimately talking about this girl's like dead family or something and she was like it was horrible. They all died in front of me. I watched the blood flip blah, blah blah. And they're doing it from the perspective of like right underneath where her skirt ends and you can see like her whole ass. Like it was like this is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. This is what we're doing right now. Okay. Like and, like, the last two episodes were the weird flashbacks that had nothing to do with anything. And it was sort of like, was this show supposed to end, like, two episodes ago? Because they had, like, a big climax and then they just stopped. <laughs> uh, which I found out is because the show actually did go all the way up to the point that the manga is at, apparently. Mm. So, they really did just run out of stuff. But you'd think they would have been smarter with their pacing then if they knew, like, oh, this is a good stopping point, you know? Mm-hmm. anyways that was uh it wasn't the worst thing i've ever seen that's what i'm gonna say the earlier episodes were not great but like i appreciated how absurd it was at times but it is a very cowardly show just like any etchy show perverts are cowards that's what we need to learn horniness just emboldens them to be more cowardly uh and we need to put a stop to it Thank um you. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, John, do you want to talk about your precures? Speaking yes. of things that you never want to stop, actually. The opposite. <laughs> it's back! <laughs> so, yeah, precure is back. Um, it's the same shit. I don't know. It's... it's, it's, it's <laughs> It's the same <laughs> shit. You feel like you were going like crazy, like yeah, yeah, whatever. Fuck it. I don't know. Because that's kind of how I feel about it. It's just you know, it's just it's it's going right back to it. You know, you, the girls are there. Um, for a hot second, the yellow one. I don't rem- see. It's been so long. I don't even remember their fucking names. Hang on. Don't worry. I got. I, I wrote. I wrote some notes, but then I also have old notes. So hang on. What is? What is the yellow one's name? Oh my god, I gotta, I gotta actually, like, figure out what the fuck I'm doing with my notes. Oh my god, okay, uh, Hinata. Yeah, there's, like, an episode where she's like, I think I might quit Precure. And then they just drop it. So, you know, whatever. Um, they, so, the, the rat, the rat that shows up, that showed up, um, again, I have to see if I wrote that down. Because there was a rat that appears. Um, and he's, like, on their fucking... He's he's the villain. He's the new villain. 
Um, yeah, he's just a man. Okay, I did not write down name of... He's a rat man? Yeah, well, okay, it was oh a fucking... God. Yeah, so, it, it, before the before the break, it was, it was a couple of episodes before the break, um, it was the episodes where they fought, like, three pathogerms at once. Uh, one of the pathogerms, like, unleashed a, a, a spore, and the spore infected, like, a capybara... And so then a ra- the rat man appeared. He he the capybara turned into a rat man and then joined the villains. But he's like oh, no. even more evil than the rest of them cuz the himbo buff uh villain demon man uh he's just like, "Oh, you'll be my henchman." Ha 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 ha. And then the rat is just like, "Oh yeah, no, you'll be my henchman. I'll pretend to be on your side, but then I'll I'll I'll, I'll beat you and I'll you'll be my henchman." So they do that, and th- so they, they they steal a fucking drone. That's what the pathogerm infects in that episode is a drone, and it just, like, it, it, it creates static electricity across the city, and everyone is just, like, mildly inconvenienced because they can't touch metal things. Um, I think it was, it was kind of funny because, like, some grandmas were, like, locked out of their house, <laughs> and uh, I think Hanada's sister was stuck in her car because she couldn't touch the door. <laughs> It's it's all it's all kind of funny, because um, I'm just imagining someone eventually just being like, "Look, just just get some gloves. Like, what are you doing?" Um, but yeah, they stop that pathogen. But something I guess I should I should mention uh, is that Precure's on Crunchyroll now, and with that comes a new translation. <sighs> and let me tell you, it fucking sucks. It's legit bad. Um, I think that the thing that I just need to point out, because everything else is like, eh, whatever. They don't translate pathogerms. They just call them the B-O-N, because that's what they are in Ah. Japanese. It's like, come on. But the worst possible thing is they they call Princess Latte, which, you know, they pretty much call her Princess Latte, but they call her Rate. Like, Ah, but they spell unquote. it like rate, right? Yeah, in in the in the, in the subtitles, it's R A T E. Ah. ah, what? Yeah, I I don't think it's my place to say if it is, but it feels kind of racist. Um. I it's think it's just, just bad transliteration. It's a bad translation. It's a bad translation, no matter what. But holy shit, what a dumb thing! It's just latte. It's latte. What's your problem? I'm sitting here defending. If I am going to defend the sick dog over that, that's how bad it is. Anyway, anyway, the dog was sick. For a good long while in that episode. In the next episode, the dog is barely sick. Like, there's like there was one shot of the so- dog being sick. I, I had nothing to post on the Twitter. It, <laughs> it was depressing. Oh, gosh. It's a long, long time window. It was. But at least we're back, and I'll be, you know, updating the Twitter, you know, making sure everything's getting posted. It's, it's going to be a good time. Um... I don't know. It was it was the, the the next episode they went to a festival and they ate a lot and uh I don't know. The path of the German infected a fan. 
like like a, like a fan like one of those like handheld you know you know when you go to the disney yeah. world and they got yeah. those handheld like electric fans that you just oh, those. Around, like, okay. stick to your face yeah one of those it's and, no good uh, yeah they just they fought that and that was pretty much it I don't know. Nothing's really happening in these episodes, and I'm w- and I'm waiting because apparently uh, the the end of that episode though they were like there was a precure before you in this town, and she was the partner of the 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 queen dog Latte's mom. I don't remember her name, but that was her partner. So we're gonna figure out what the hell is going on with that maybe soon. And I think that'd be, that'll be Precure Earth. I think that's the the full-grown lady. I don't know. Maybe she'll join their team and they'll just have, like, a fucking gr- grown woman hanging out with them all the time. Because <laughs> they don't know they don't know when the path of germs are going to show up. They're going to have to, like, call up the fucking full-grown adult woman to show up and help Come out. Mom. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, that's Precure. Uh... <laughs> Ah. <laughs> ah I'm shocked that they're still going to be honest. I thought I thought of all the shows that they would become scared of putting out there right now, it would be that one, but <laughs> maybe they're they're braver than they're certainly braver than most anime producers. Absolutely. That. They're braver than Etchy. <laughs> Low bar. Yeah. <laughs> uh um uh, 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 uh <laughs> I don't know what just happened. LV, uh, I also watched God of High School. What did you think about that shit? I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I agree. It's a really good, strong first episode. Really positive first impression about it. Um, yeah, so it's basically about, um, so like, this is not something contextualized in the first episode. I don't think it's a spoiler. I'm pretty sure this is like a, the setting where I, you're supposed to notice coming in. But um, this is another show part of Crunchyroll's like or like original quote unquote like pr- you know production lineup where they licensed out this Korean webtoon to adapt into an anime. Um, and you know, Tower of God was the one from the last season which ended, and now God, God of High School, they both forgot in the name, kind of confusing. God of High School is the one for this upcoming season, which actually just started. Um, and the first episode came out. And this one, this one's similar to Tower of God, it revolves around Hornman, but it's more like a, of a straightforward shonen in a way that I feel like it's going to be. Like, I, I, have, I have less familiarity with this compared to Tower of God. Tower of God, I actually have read a bit of the webtoon, this one I have not at all. So I, like, went into this, like, no knowledge of what's going on. And, like, yeah, I'm really impressed by it. I really want to see more of it. Um, yeah, there's basically some sort of tournament going on sponsored by, like, some insane, like, obviously evil corporation. But I guess everyone's just going to chill with it. Sure. Uh, <laughs> and it seems like it's something that's been going on regularly, annually, I guess. I don't know how often. But it, they don't they don't say it as a friend from what I read a little of the background. You know, unfortunately, I got some spoiled sp- some things. But I don't think this is spoiled. But, like, the world takes place in which... You know, it's taken a lot from Korean mythology too, where, um, where they're, you know, we're on Earth, we're on Earth, so like everyone here is like mortal, whatever. But I think some people are blessed in some way with some sort of like heavenly divine powers in a way to also kind of explain how they're able to do certain things, like like superpowered strength or like just really good physical prowess in some way. Um, there's also a realm where I think 
um, like mythical creatures live, so that like actually physically exists. And then there's also the heavenly realm where like the gods are there, the gods exist and whatnot. Um, so the focus on the first episode is entirely just Earth. They're not really suggesting any of that yet, but like, um, and it kind of just jumps into like a preview of like this tournament where like these three, I guess, high school kids who are friends, you know, they kind of jump in and it kind of starts off with this insane, like high speed chase in which, um, our main character, who's kind of a very, you know, stereotypical shonen here in a way, his name is Jin Mori, um, who, you know, he's trying to, he see, like, he sees, like, an old lady get, like, robbed, and he, he, like, he does not know this old lady at all, he inserts into his head that she has some sort of sad backstory, like, I thought that sequence was really good, where he's just kind of channeling his head, like, oh my gosh, no, this lady needs, needs these things for, like, her dying family member, whatever, I gotta go help her, and it kind of starts, it kind of, like, kick, like, skyrockets into this really good, like, high-speed chase sequence in which he ends up running into his two other friends where they're kind of trying to stop this guy who is who has stolen this thing. The main protagonist, the main female protagonist, they introduce her by the fact that she's kind of, like, gawking at these, like, muscly dudes. And, like, we are just, like, subjected to this shot of just, like, muscle cleavage for, like, a good hot second. And she's just <laughs> staring at them. It's pretty good. Um, and that's, like, literally our introduction of the female main protagonist. But, likewise, she kicks ass, too. Like, they all kick ass. Um, and that's, you know, and, like, it, that was a really good, like, introductory sequence, I think, of these three characters, where they're all, like, you know, we kind of have, like, uh, like a good first impression of, like, where they are, all are at, and they're, like, all apparently capable of just, like, martial arts in some way, or, like, some, like, insane, like, fighting style. But then it just kind of jumps into, like, this beginning of this tournament, where they're all entering. And... <laughs> There's a whole thing where, like, they're saying, you know, anyone who enters, you know, to know, you know, we're going to have, like, a health point system, you know, to kind of, like, know, like, in a game where everyone has to wear this bracelet, and the bracelet inserts nanomachines in your blood, so it, like, shows your HP on the bracelet. Doesn't fucking make sense, but sure. Um, and I don't know if that's ever going to be explained ever. But anyway, another symptom of an obviously evil corporation hosting this tournament. Cool, but no one's really questioning that. Sure. Um... And yeah, like it just it just jumps right into it. It just jumps into right into it, and then it kind of like leaves a cliffhanger as to like what the results are with our main character Jin Marie, like where you know they they end up releasing one of like I guess the veteran fighters or like one of the more experienced past winners, and they they even say like oh yeah he's like actually disadvantaged right now. So but then for all of you guys, all you newbies to like move forward, you have to kind of like deal with him and all that, and it kind of just ends on that note and. Yeah, it's really impressive, and, like, it's, the creator outright says, yeah, I was very inspired by Dragon Ball, I was very inspired by Dragon Ball Z, and, like, the moment I, like, went into this as a Dragon Ball fan, like, I felt it, like, I didn't even know that information beforehand, but you can obviously feel it, I think, like, even the main character, he explicitly is, like, another, like, Sun Wukong-inspired character, like, the Korean version of it, nonetheless, like, it's very obvious when you look at his design, too, it's like, oh, yeah, Goku here, of course, um, (laughs) they all look the same for some reason, I don't know, I don't know if there will ever be, like, a more... like, is there ever a female Sun Wukong? I wonder that. Because we had, like, female oh, Oda Nubanka hmm. <laughs> throughout history. We had, like, female versions of, like, we had horny female versions of, like, all these, like, historical figures. But we never had, like, anyone dare to be brave to do, like, probably. Pro- she probably exists. But, like, pro- I don't is know. there one in Smite? I don't know. I'm trying to think. Oh, interesting. Because they all kind of are, like, that same Goku template. I don't know. I feel like they don't. I, th- I feel like since Dragon Ball, no one knows how to, like, approach that story, like, that t- journey to the West since, unless you're really going for, like, a traditionalist, more accurate, well, like, it- adaptation of it, but, um... Fate has, uh, Sanzang, 
in there. Oh, okay. And okay. she's always talking about the damn monkey, but they seem she seems to be saying that like in then that that it is a man because I guess fate got cowardly there for some reason. <laughs> yet yet Da Vinci's like a woman. Um Oh yeah. Da Vinci okay, well, that, is. That, that actually read up on like like he's supposed to look like or she I, I don't know um it's she's supposed to look like Mo- the Mona Lisa exactly yes yeah, so you see right. Da Vinci and Faco is actually canonically trans oh interesting yeah and not okay. just one of the we made King Arthur a girl thing <laughs> we made all eighty King Arthur's I yeah <laughs> okay that's except for one of them that makes a lot that makes a lot of sense Ned okay I can see okay but yeah. Um, the show's really good. Like, I'm yeah. really impressed by it. Very excited. And, like, you know, I said, I said here, I wrote here, this is, like, what Dragon Ball could be if totally was not Cal. <laughs> the animation, yeah. Uh, like, like, it's really refreshing. Like, when, like, it, I kind of, like, am reminded of, like, the Orange Star High School arc where, like, yeah, if it would be kind of cool if we actually see, like, these not non-godlike characters doing just fooling around and doing fighting stuff, you know, we, you know, it'd be refreshing to kind of see like, oh yeah, here's just a group of teenagers doing shit. And like, you know, again, I don't know what the structure of the series is. It seems like it might be like entirely like a tournament structured series. I don't know if there's going to be like other stuff in between, but like, yeah, it's just really refreshing. I just have a good impression of all the characters so far and, and the world. It's, it's well done. MAPPA, MAPPA's doing it. MAPPA's the studio animators. So of course they're just flexing. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm really really looking forward to it um and the martial arts choreography too is incredible i think it i think it's accurate i think i think a lot of this looks like it's accurate and well researched and it's it's nice to see also like korean martial arts re- representation too as yeah. well like it's, it's just nice to see that like actually like yeah this is like <laughs> this is actually like an explicitly different culture we're seeing represented here in, in anime form and that's that's nice that's really refreshing it's coming from like a an authentic place um, it's, um, you know, it's ending theme. It has a K-pop song. So of course, uh, <laughs> not from a, like, from a, like a lesser known group. I don't think a lot of Americans know about this group unless you're really like a hard strung K-pop fan, but good for them. Good for them. Maybe they'll get more exposure this way, yeah. but the opening song is insane. It's like some insane <laughs> dubstep song. It's like an AMV, like really yeah, the whole and, thing. And the opening, it looks like an AMV and like, <laughs> I don't know. I like it. A lot of people don't like, I it. I'm like it. I'm sorry. Maybe I'm just that garbage person who likes No, I'm with you. It rocks. Yeah. I, I kind of dig it. It kicks ass. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. The thing, like, honestly, no, I agree. It does not fit the show at all. It's not what you would expect. Yeah. It, once you see the show, it's like, why is this the opening song? Because <laughs> <laughs> this is the sort of show that would have, like, a typical, like, rock shonen thing. You know, I don't know if you know what I mean. But, like, I don't know. I, I dig it. It's insane. It makes no sense in the context of what the show is actually like so far. But I dig it. <laughs> Yeah, it's like an AMV. That's the yeah. perfect way to describe it. I, I really like the the breakneck pace of the show. That is one of my favorite things in any show. And I feel like, like you said with Dragon Ball, it could really benefit from that, honestly. Because, like, I feel like they, they managed to cover so much ground uh, in casually introducing these three characters and what how stupid they are immediately. Um, I really like the girl a lot. Uh, yeah. I thought that was great. Um, yeah. I, it's also very rare to see uh, a girl that they let be uh, cool and strong and also is still like, whoa, muscle men, whoa, or whatever, like mm-hmm. she is in the beginning. I thought that was good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing this. Yeah, 
like additionally things I've read, like they actually start off in media res too. So I think there's, I think according to people who read the comic, they actually outright do build up before they go to tournament. Like, oh, oh how okay. do these people know each other and stuff? And like, how, how did, why? And they actually do explain why I did decide to enter. And like, I actually really like this approach much better because it really is like really high energy. Whereas I feel like if they did that in the beginning, I, it would just be like kind of building up in a way that would be like, uh, you know, kind of like kind of very typical of everything else that does it. Like, I appreciate that. They're just kind of jumping in and then that they might just explain all that later. You know, it's like a yeah. nice, little, I, I f- nice little, like, you know, throwing you in the pool. <laughs> yeah, I feel like <laughs> just, just get for it. Yeah. Contrasted, especially against the um, the Tower of God stuff that we just saw which was also like they sort of like th- it wasn't in media res but they threw you in like pretty quick or whatever and we're just like yeah the world's crazy or whatever but like i said like we both said i guess like it felt very web comic-y uh i i think at least this first episode feels much less web comic-y uh mm-hmm. than than tower of god did so that's really cool yeah i i would to tower of god's credit i feel like it has a lot to do with um where I, yeah, like I, you know, like it feeling webcomic. I, th- I think, I think it has a lot to do with also that I think the studio who did Tower of God, like, is way. I think is even new, or like I, I have not even heard. Like, I can't even find the rest of their work. Or like, I, I think, I think they were probably structured specifically to kind of like experiment with Tower of God, or maybe do other like work with us. Whereas you know, like this show has the privilege of having like Studio Mob, but like something that has, like a, a collective that actually has like a lot of experience with handling this stuff and like adapting work. So. And I do recall that, like, some of my previous complaints with Tower of God is, like, yeah, like, they did a similar thing, but compared to that, the God of High School, like, did not confuse me. I feel like Tower of God still confu- can confuse you in a lot of ways, especially people not familiar with the material. And I think I think them jumping just right into it, like, did them more of a disservice compared to this show. And I, I think they did, I, I, I wish they kind of did a better job of, like, actually explaining things. Like, I think, I think they didn't have as good exposition. Whereas here, it's like, I, I think... I think also because the world in this, the world suggested in this, this series is not as like outlandish. Yeah. And like, yeah, it's like, Oh yeah, this is literally just like here, but then there's still other, like otherworldly elements going on, but it's not like a big focus right now. Um, so yeah, you know, not to, not to say, I still like Tower of God, but like this one definitely has a much stronger start, I think. And I think, I think I can tell, I can sense and have read that. It seems like it's, it's having a much better impression compared to, for like a lot of people compared to, unfortunately, the former show. Um. Yeah. Cool. Um, oh, I'm really looking forward to this one. Really? I, I, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, John, do you want yes. to talk about effing Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh? Whatever the hell? Yes. Whichever you prefer to talk about. Yes. I watched both of those. I kind of went just like whole hog and sort of watched trying to catch up with both of those today. Um, didn't finish them because I found out that there was a lot... That Pokemon was back for a while. I could have talked about Pokemon last episode. I didn't even notice that. So, hey, Pokemon's back. Uh, I actually wrote notes for Pokemon, which is good. Uh, I didn't really write notes for Yu-Gi-Oh! because it was kind of pretty quick. But So for Pokemon, um, so episode 23, um, it was about Pokemon starving. That They were... What? Yeah, so... So it was about the the professors, like, you, you know when you catch a bunch of Pokemon, they get sent to the professor? Well, Go, ever since the beginning of the show, has been catching a shit ton of Pokemon whenever they go to a new area. 
And so they have a, like, you know, like a park for the Pokemon to hang out and live together. And it seems like someone's been stealing all the food. And all the Pokemon are hungry. And they just haven't eaten in, like, two days. So all the Pokemon are starving and they're fighting. And the whole episode is just about the Pokemon fighting each other over being hungry. And eventually <sighs> it just turns out that a Squovit has been stealing all the food and storing it. That's fucked. It is fucked. That is fucked. What the fuck? And I mean, the other thing, too, is that they show multiple times that they have a bunch of cameras around the park. But why haven't the cameras picked up that the Squovit was stealing it? I mean, have you seen how fast that shit falls from the tree in the game? It's nuts. It's like a black shadow. I guess, but like at the same time, come on. You gotta get some kind of idea. I don't know. I don't it doesn't know. have an overworld model, so. Guess not. That was kind of it. There, there was that's fucked. You know, it was. I guess it was just kind. Of, it was a good episode to like remind everybody of all the Pokemon that Go has because he has a lot of Pokemon. He has a fucking <laughs> giant Golurk, like a so giant like, one. What are the logistics of like like so? Have they ever explained in the show like how other people who have Pokemon handle this? No, because I don't think they care to oh. think about it. See, I need to know. Like, they could have explained, like, oh, yeah, there's pocket dimensions uh, that we have. Uh, no. Hmm. Do, I mean, do they really explain it in the games, even? They're just kind of like, it's the PC storage system, you can store your Pokemon there, you know? Yeah, but that's that's fine, I think. That's, that's like, I, I'd believe a fantastical thing like that, as opposed to this, where they have them out in the wild, you know? Like Yeah. I'm supposed to, like, well, actually, yes, I do believe, because the government in the Pokemon world seems to be very relaxed and will just give money to anything, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, they got free health care. Yeah, exactly, that's what I mean, so, good. Mm -hmm. Episode 24. Uh, Giovanni, uh, well, not Giovanni specifically, but, like, his secretary calls Team Rocket, <laughs> and they're like, hey, you're on vacation. You gotta, you gotta go take a break. And so... Wow. Yeah. What the fuck's going on with Team Rocket? So they <laughs> so go like, do they do anything Wait, bad what anymore? What is happening? What's going on here? I mean, they kind of do. Here, so, so so they end up going to... I'm trying to... It was, it was a resort area. I think it was in Sinnoh. I think it was in Sinnoh. Don't quote me on that. Um, so they go to a resort, but it turns out it's the same resort that Ash and Go are going to because they heard about a... A, a, like a lake lord or something like that. I think that's what it's called. And so they're like, okay, we got to go catch the lake lord. And Team Rocket are like, oh, come on. They're here too. What are we supposed to do? And they keep running into them just hap uh, like by happenstance. And so Jesse and James are like, look, the boss told us we're not allowed to catch Pikachu. We have to just leave them alone. And so Jesse and James just help Ash out. They like give them directions and you know, help them pick out a fishing pole. And, you know, it's it's kind of cute just seeing them be normal people. Um, but then it turns out the reason why Jesse and James went on vacation is because th uh, the rest of Team Rocket are also going to this resort to steal everyone's Pokemon. And they wanted Jesse and James to be busy so they wouldn't get in the way. Which, why would you send them to the same resort? That is if you fucked. want, 
So then Jesse and James get pissed because they're like, well, why wouldn't like like, yeah, they just told us to go away because we didn't want to be in the way. And um, so the Team Rocket plan actually goes off really well because they're like an elite squad and they actually beat Ash and steal his Pikachu. And poison they really him. need an elite squad for that. I mean, I, I guess feel like so. man loses the elite four every other time. I, I mean, except for one. Yeah, um, now we lost to Team Fucking Rocket. So, what yeah. could that do? Mm-hmm. Um, but they also actually do catch the the Lake Lord. I forgot to mention it is just a giant Magikarp. Which again, it's just like they keep having go catch these giant Pokemon, and I feel like if they <sighs> look, I, oh, you know what? I'm I, I was about to say if they want to like just have Pokemon be weird and like have like have him catch weird Pokemon, they should be giving him shinies. But then I thought about it and I remember that Pokemon Go has the like giant Pokemon thing where it's like this one's bigger than normal. Yeah. So that's probably what they're doing now that I think about it. Um, cause yeah, he has the giant Golark and now he has a giant Magikarp. And, um, so yeah, so then team rocket, Jesse and James are pissed about all this. And so they actually help Ash and go get Pikachu back and release all the Pokemon. And the elite squad gets away, but they failed their mission and Jesse and James are like, oh, we'll just swoop in and steal the Pokemon for ourselves, and then Giovanni will praise us. But Officer Jenny shows up before they can do that, and they're just like, all right, well, we're just going to leave because we don't want to get arrested. So they just leave. And, um, yeah, I-, I don't know. They're just being incredibly owned. That enti- They were just owned the entire episode. They were owned into being good. But, they- but at the end of the day, they still felt kind of good because they got to screw over the secretary because they hate the secretary. And that's kind of it. Um, and then I watched episode 25, that was the last one I watched, because I couldn't fucking handle anymore. Um, and it was a, it was a battle episode, and that's why I couldn't handle anymore. It's cause, uh, Ash goes to Kalos, which is the worst region. That was X and Y, right? Yeah, that was it. And, um, Ash just goes to a big battle event to raise his rank. And he fights Karina. Do you remember who Karina is? Don't lie. No, neither of you remember. I'm sorry. What did you no. just say? I like. Do you remember? Do you remember who Karina I, I, is? I don't because Karina? I don't think I even played that yeah. generation from X and Y. I will narrow it down. Yeah. Oh, the rollerblade girl. Okay. Yes. She shows back up. Yeah. She shows back up. Yes. And they battle, and uh, it's just, you know, uh, Ash battles with his Gengar and Dragonite, which, may I remind you, Ash has a fucking Gengar and a Dragonite in this season. Um, And so his Gengar gets beat pretty quick, and then the Dragonite takes out both of her Pokemon. She has, like, a Mind Shao and and the Lucario, which Mega Evolves. And, you know, it's just that whole big deal. Um... And Go, the whole time, is just, like, out catching Pokemon, and he catches, like, every color of Flabebe. Damn, same. That's, yeah. And that that's pretty much it. <laughs> I, I just, like, basically all I wrote down was, battle episode, so I'm bored, and then, who the hell remembers Karina? Don't at me. That's all I wrote. So I remember just because she gave you a Lucario, and I thought, I was, I was like, yep, this sure is a stupid fucking game. <laughs> yep. Because they had to introduce Sorry. Mega Evolution somehow. X and Y were pretty bad. 
Anyway, that's that's it for for Pokemon for now. Do you, do you want me to go into Yu-Gi-Oh and just be done with it, or should y'all do you all want to keep going? Yeah, you know what? Go keep going. Do okay. your Yu-Gi-Oh now if you want. Right. Yeah, why my, not? My, my Yu-Gi-Oh talk is pretty is pretty short, honestly. Cause hey, I think it's getting good. It's actually getting pretty good. Oh, you're you you like rush duels now? I don't like rush duels. <laughs> do not don't take the words and misconstrue them. Do not try to do that to me. Listen, rush duels are still, I think, bad. I don't like them. But the show is funny. They introduce a new character who is this small small girl who says that she's an elementary school girl, but she's actually 37. And she works for the evil corporation, and her whole thing is that she wants to steal the secrets to rush duels for the evil corporation so they can uninstall it and bring regular duels back to the top. And so she's, you know, disguising herself as as a child and she's just like very obviously not a kid and there's a bunch of like girls in the school like should we tell a teacher? I think we should tell a teacher about this. Uh and you know, it's just she's just funny. She's a funny character. Like there's a scene of her sitting in a bar and she's just wearing a sign that says, I am an adult on her back, <laughs> which is pretty good. Um, she talks about her her son and how, like, he's a little shit, but she loves to make him Neapo- like, like Neapolitan spaghetti or whatever. Uh, and her deck is the deck with the, like, pop star 80s girls like the new versions of the old cards so she has diane keto the gold digger master which is literally what she's called (laughs) and uh but when she duels the main character she's actually dueling to like she she wants to she wants to win so she doesn't get the the notebook that she's trying to steal because she thinks that he's trying to trap her because she thinks that he realized her secret but he's too stupid he didn't actually realize and he's just trying to be nice but he still wins and he gives her the notebook and it's completely useless because it's a bunch of gibberish and like drawings of robots and that's all it is so then the next episode uh they're they're all just hanging the the main cast are all just hanging out but it's really hot out and so they're thirsty and they come across a vending machine but a guy that just is just a fucking like a character from mad max like a fucking like 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 a, like an old school mad max character like an 80s mad max not like fury road but like helmet and super muscular and like fist of the north star ass shit he's like i'm gonna you have to duel me to get the drinks and then it turns out he's like because i you if i win you have to convince my mom that rush duels are cool and it becomes very apparent that he's her son (laughs) and he's trying to duel so she'll tell her that rush duels are cool because she's against it because she works for the evil company. <laughs> and he's the one who likes the Neapolitan spaghetti. Yes, he likes the spaghetti. Wow. But then it turns out that he just... But then at, at the end of the thing, he, he loses the duel and it turns out that he's just an actually like an actual fourth grader in an outfit. It's like he's in like a costume dressed up as a Mad Max character. 
and his whole deck is are just like they're they're all beast warrior mad max characters like they're all like anthro rodents and shit like riding around in motorcycles and shit which is kind of cool um but yeah it's it's just it's very dumb she like i i appreciate that they're leaning into the comedy more and more and i think that the new character is just fun she's 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 you know the joke will probably get old after a bit but so far just the two episodes of them just constantly dunking on this lady for being lame and like being nostalgic for the 80s is is very funny even though she looks like she's 7 years old it's 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 a good bit so far so i i enjoyed what i watched of Yu-Gi-Oh 7s lately I'm glad, at least for that, I guess. Me that, too. Uh, yeah, I, I, I guess I'm glad that you're able to look past the Rush Duels. And... It takes a lot, but I manage. <laughs> uh, um, I miss dueling, okay? I miss yeah. regular dueling so much. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I understand. I hope you get your duels soon. I hope they, they. I hope the world becomes a safer place for dueling. I live in the fucking epicenter. It's not getting yeah. better anytime soon. Okay. No. Time to get into Yu-Gi-Oh online. We'll see. I don't actually know if there is a Yu-Gi-Oh online. Is there? There is, but it's illegal. Oh, okay. I I didn't know if they did the Pokemon thing. They do Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links, which is not actual yu I mean, it's it's Speed Duels, which is different oh, from Rush Duels. That's what... <laughs> Fuck speed, that! What yes. the hell? Speed Duels, all it is is it's just they have half the life points, and they have three spots in the, in the zones instead of five, and you have a smaller deck, and they have been, like, re-releasing the cards to match up with the format, so instead of it being, like... They've only gotten up to synchros so far. But, yeah, that's speed duels, which is different from rush duels. It's like if Pokemon was like, there's double battles and there's duo battles. Yep. Fuck well, that. And, and, and speed duels are only in the West, and rush duels are only in Japan. That's... <laughs> okay. And the, but they're not the same thing, so that's deceptive. That makes it seem like there's a localization. Ugh. Well, yeah, because well, because they haven't released speed duels in Japan, and they're not going to release rush duels over here. It's very stupid. I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying that's what they're thinking. It's very stupid. Shaking my head. You can't hear it because I'm shaking no. my head. Um. Me too. Me fucking too. Don't don't you worry. I I also disapprove. Speaking of things I disapprove of, uh, LV, you've written down here, uh, Bungo and Alchemist is token Ranbu but nerdier. Don't... Uh, that's... <laughs> concerning, because I feel like token Ranbu's already... <laughs> so... So, Bungo to Alchemist. Yeah, I, think, I think it does mean Bungo and Alchemist. Um, this, is, this is a very... This is the right. This is the whole thing where we none of us knew what this was. I think a lot of the anime community was like, "What the fuck is this? Is this a Bungo Stray Dogs, which is a different thing, uh, or is this Full Metal Alchemist?" Really? Because for some reason, when people see the word alchemist, all they can think of is FMA, which is not true. There's tons of anime with alchemy in it, but it makes sense. It is like a good series or franchise because it has like multiple. But, but anyway, point is, 
It's neither of those things. It has no relationship to Bungo Stray Dogs, which is a totally different series. It has no relationship to Full Metal Alchemist. Bungo to Alchemist is um, another thing based off of a gotcha game made by the Token Rambu people. Uh, and the Bungo, the Bungo, like you know, it's again one of those weird. I know, it sounds like a silly word. It's it's kind of kind of sounds really funny, but like it, it it is kind of one of those untranslatable words where there's no real equivalent in English. So my understanding of what the word means is that it's kind of like this weird catch-all term for like literature or old literature or like. I don't know. Again, it's like one of those things where it's not really definable. It's just is. It's just referring to kind of like a specific genre of things revolving around literature and old literature and authorship. Um, and that's why Bungo Stray Dogs is called that because it's about a group of misfits where they're loosely based off of and named after historical writers and not just exclusive to Japanese authors, but also like later on it goes to American authors and they have like powers kind of loosely based off of um, what those authors' works are. So, you know, a, a, a great example is in Bungo Stray Dogs, there's a character who literally is named F. Scott Fitzgerald. <laughs> and if you know it, you know, he wrote Great Gatsby. And his power literally is just throwing money in the air to do whatever he wants. So, <laughs> wonderful. Uh, <laughs> okay. But anyway, point is, back to Bungo to Alchemist. It does the same thing, except the characters are literally actually the authors. They're not just characters named after the authors. They're actually the authors reincarnated as Bishonen men. And uh, they're only focusing on Japanese authors, as far as I know so far, from what I know of it. And they're basically, I think, the souls of these authors. Again, they're all they're all dead authors. So, like, I think they're the souls of these authors who kind of reincarnate. And they're not, actually no, they're, it's not reincarnate. I, don't, I wouldn't say. That. I think they remanifested and kind of became renewed um, in this sort of weird limbo afterlife hub called the library. It literally is just a library, um, where now that they're like these hot anime Bishonen men, now they and they kind of don't totally remember their past life. They kind of don't totally remember their past life as these authors or, like, how did they die? Um, but they're here now by some sort of supernatural force called the Alchemist. You know, they don't know who the Alchemist is. An Alchemist could be, like, a god or something. I don't know. They don't know who the Alchemist is. The Alchemists all sent their souls here um, to, fi- to, to fix, to, you know, to prevent, like a, like, a catastrophic future in which their literature, all their books they have written are being um, invaded by monsters called taints. The taints. <laughs> oh, I forgot I, about that. What are called that? <laughs> um, that's, that's what I find consistently is the translated word they're choosing to use. The taints, they capitalize the T. <laughs> they need to. Um, what is this called? The, sh- the Shinshokusha? The Shinshokusha. But anyway, the taints is easier to say, so unfortunately I have to say taints a lot. Um, and they have to basically purify these books... Go, you know, they basically jump into these books, and they have to fix what's wrong. So essentially, what these these monsters—I'll I'll say monsters—the taint. I'm sorry. <laughs> what these monsters are doing are they're messing around with the what's supposed to happen in the books. For instance, so like there's like one book where like, you know, um, where there's like a villain or something, and the monster kind of is possessing the antagonist of that book, that story, and they're kind of messing around and making things worse, which goes beyond the confines of what's supposed to happen in the story. Like, the hero's supposed to win in the end, but, in the, but somehow the monster is just making things worse, and the hero's not winning. It's not, it's not properly ending the story. And for some reason, they all have to do this, because if things go wrong, it's going to affect the real world or something like that. And that's, I think that's what's happening. Um, 
Because in some way, the books are connected with reality. And it's like, you know, it's kind of like a bigger thing that I don't quite understand yet. But I think that's what they're getting at. It's And um, and they're finding other, like, Japanese authors trapped in these books. Like, their souls are bound to these books. So they're often, you know, when, you know, when like, a mission pops up in which, like, one of these books opens up and, say, and you know, it's, like, calling to him saying, like, oh, no, this book has been tainted. We got to go in. They usually often discover, and this is how, like, all these new characters get introduced, um, where... The author is trapped in the body of the main protagonist of the said book. So that's kind of interesting. So that's kind of cool. Or like they don't, you know, so it's kind of suggesting that when the author died, their soul goes into one of their best works, becoming the protagonist of that book. And they don't have any memory of what they're going on. So these other authors that have since transcended as like these like agents in a way, they have to go in the book and save them and like kind of fix things. So, yeah, that's kind of like I think my best explanation of what's going on. But yeah, long story short, uh, after all that, um, it's just kind of an excuse to have pretty anime boys. I think, you know, like, I, I, you know, I forgot to mention it's high school girl, but again, like, you know, again, like, just to reiterate, that's like a thing that I just had a hard time following because it's like just very dense towards a culture and specific niche that I'm not familiar with. So it's just like very difficult for me to keep up my interest. And I kind of felt the same way here with Bungo and Alchemist because compared to how nerdy Token Rambo is, this one really goes really hard in terms of how much research from my understanding this was put into making this like i i think i read a thing about where the creators went out of their way to like visit like the memorial sites of these authors or they went to libraries and consulted research institutions to dedicated to specific authors works and literature to make sure things were as accurate quote unquote as possible because a lot of these Again, a lot of these authors are not authors like an average American would not be familiar with. Let alone, I don't think even the average Japanese person would be familiar. I don't know how often these some of these authors are very contemporary. Like I don't know if they're studied often in schools or in academia, or whatever. Or like that, like that, like folded into pop culture. But like some of the stuff they go into is very like dense. And I think there were a lot of times where they made in jokes about like an author, like a specific fact about a book or an author where it didn't quite read to me, especially in the English translation. They're, they kind of jump in immediately, too. They don't really explain the premise of the, you know, what I just said of the series until, like, the second episode, where the first author rescued is Osamu Dazai, and, like, he's very, and, like, how they how they depict them, too, is very different from how they do in Mogo Stray Dogs, because, again, these are literally the authors and not, like, super, like, characters super foolishly based on them. From my understanding, their personalities are actually supposed to be accurate as to how they actually were in real life, but again, they're, like, just, they just made them hot anime Bishonen boys, because, okay, whatever. Um, but, yeah, ultimately, like, this is a show that's just, like, I feel like most of the audience is just, like, you know, obviously, like, girls like like girls who want to play a gacha game with hot anime boys and only 10 percent of it actually is maybe people deeply interested in classical yeah. japanese literature and the sort of thing you know and well, the thing about it is like this show like like the, what i've seen so far and the, to be honest again I, this might be something i might drop because i don't think this is something that's resonated with me again um but like it's honestly introducing me to some stories i want to like read now like oh yeah like that's really cool that's <laughs> kind of cool and like you know some of them have like movie adaptations that i could probably watch instead just like if I can't find the actual book and stuff, but like it's introducing, it's uh, it's definitely like educating me in a way in like some literature I've never read before. Like there's some stuff that's that's very thorough, but like again, I can't imagine watching this unless you are just into the anime boys or actually have knowledge of like the sort of stuff they keep talking about or or referencing. Because like I feel like the whole payoff of them going jumping into these books is like. 
oh yeah, I know that book. That's cool. Or you're you as an like a person watching would recognize, or even playing the game. I don't know how the, I don't know how they depict these events in the gotcha game, but like, like or like you know if they're like missions or something. Like, you know, like, they're, they're depicting these stories where, like, if it's not something, if it's not a story you recognize, like, the payoff of, like, how they succeed doesn't really, it's not exciting, because it's like, oh, okay, they just solved that problem. And the payoff of how these characters interact is also not as strong, because you wouldn't get the in-jokes of, like, like, oh, yeah, it's kind of funny that this character is interacting with this character, because this is how they were in real life, and this is reflecting how, this relationship and stuff like that. Like, it's... I, that's why I think it's more nerdy than Token Rambu, because I think Token Rambu is a little more... Um, I think straightforward with the sort of stuff you can understand when it comes to, like, weaponry and all that. I don't know. I, 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 I This is, like, deep into, like, yeah, you gotta be, like, a super, like, bookish nerd about Japanese literature, whether... Like, even kind of obscure stuff to kind of get down into really appreciating, I feel like, like this huge detail, like you know, like this huge attention to detail in every aspect of this, despite the fact that, again, they just chose to make these real people as anime boys. But, <laughs> but ultimately, yeah, it's that's that's what the show is. Now I know what this is. It's it's actually a token Rambu product. That that this is what this is, except just different. So, that's why I'm making that comparison because it is by those same people. So hey. Um, What is so? I, I I'm glad I know what bungo means first of all, because for the longest time I didn't think of mean anything. But like, what what do you think it is about like these authors that lends themselves to sexy anime men? I don't because there's know. a third thing like, too. I've seen a third one. I can't remember off the top of my there's head. A third one? Yeah, when I was looking it up, it's not called bungo. It's it's something completely different. But it's the same way how there's like 18 token rambu type things. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I wonder what it is. Hmm. I don't know. I, I don't know. I think it's just another like easy thing. A theme like to names kind of... everyone's heard and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just another easy theme to um. To make to lay a foundation to be like, oh yeah, we gotta represent this game or this this story that has a group of guys or you know like you know, just like just has a large cast. But, you know, we don't know what original idea can do. Like, you know, let's, let's deem it around something that exists. But, like, you know, like, what, what kind of unique take? You know, like, we're just like, oh, yeah, like, let's do a unique take on, like, authors, I guess, <laughs> right? Um, and I don't know if this is older than Mogo Stray Dogs. I, I know there's a thing, too, where it actually is a cross-section of the fandoms, too. But, again, they're totally different. And there's a whole thing, too, about, like, it's just purely coincidental. Yeah. Um, from my understanding. Um, like, Actually, no, okay, Bungo Alchemist was launched in 20... 20- okay, I think that's also around the same time, to be honest, when Bungo Street Dogs, like, manga started. I don't know, it's just, I don't know, but it was just a pure coincidence from my understanding, but, like, yeah, I don't know, I think it's just as, simp- as simple as, like, you know, let's theme it around this group of people, and then we'll just build it from there. I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised, I mean, because, you know, and, and Fate's just bold being, like, you know, let's just tackle all of history and fuck up, like... <laughs> Fuck it up whenever someone has to look up a specific historical figure and then their Google search results is very confusing and has, like, anime fan art of, uh, of certain, certain actual real people and, you know, just confusing normies, basically. Um, Fate was a little more bold than that. Like, you know, let's just be weird about, like, the, all of history, all over the world. Mm-hmm. This is just a more narrowed, like, <laughs> approach to that, I guess. Um, but... 
yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the appeal of it is. The appeal of it is so. Um, I guess it's just one of those things that's like a recent. Yeah. <laughs> like we're gonna focus on the fate this. style of work, I guess. Right, like where it's like, mm-hmm. yep, pull out King Arthur. <laughs> I guess it must really be that. Just that it's so easy. People have it in their minds. They know the thing. They can get attached. They get attached initially to one thing, and then it, it all, you know, comes together. Yeah, yeah, you know, and like in one way, if it does, like it, it, it can like help segue people into actually learning something real about yeah, it. no. Past the past the bizarre like questionable asses, you know, like you know, I, I know I have to mention this, you know, I have to mention this because this is this is the time we are in. But you know, like Hamilton was released recently released and so more people are seeing it compared to back then where it's actually not an accessible platform and you know of course it's obviously a problematic thing but as someone who used to like that show too like to be honest like that i i I did recognize that i think it honestly did segue a lot of people to actually learn more accurate history about like those figures and be more like nuanced about it and actually have a proper understanding like what's going on like this is obviously like an inaccurate thing that's deeply problematic but it did segue a lot of people to actually learn about real history and have better understanding of it right Mm -hmm. so like in that regard that's like one positive thing that can come out of stuff like this right or in another regard where you have something like hitalia that was pretty feral and should just stay where it was right and not come back right yes Uh, (laughs) i i deeply that that's way more bad you know let's be honest and again that was another thing i did consume like once consumed but that i i think up the bat like it was something i did lose interest in completely because it compared to other things similarly like it did not have as much like merit to be honest i know it, it didn't it didn't do anything related to history either yeah so, i mean i guess that's both a blessing and a curse arguably so. like the main effect arguably. that it has is that it tries to posit to you that the axis uh are good uh-huh <laughs> which is uh, just, bold like, they're are, just like, funny dude, little guys like yeah like these these weird missing huge gaps of like yeah a genocide was going on like oh yeah fascism was pretty like and yeah no like meanwhile we're just gonna have like these guys goofing around supposedly being these representations of that yeah like like, how can you just narrow down and be like you know let's 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 make a goof out of world war ii it was just a little comedy let's do that let's like that versus any other thing they could like that could have been easily explored that's less controversial (laughs) But anyway, yeah, that's besides my point. Like, I, I think, it, again, just going back to, like, the, my original answer to that question, it's just like, yeah, I think it's just an easy basis to, just an easy foundation to, like, revol- you know, like build a world out of, because you already have, like, mm-hmm. these set players. You know, how am I going to um, reconstruct them in a way that's more original than, like, just adapting something directly? I would say, yeah, I think they're cowards for not just, like, actually doing realistic depictions of how these men actually looked like, you know. Why did they make them hot anime boys? They could have just, like... They all look like shit. Like, hey, why not? Like, (laughs) just make them actually how they actually looked like, (laughs) which are kind of older men, too. Like, a lot of them are, like, elderly and stuff at the peak of their careers. And, you know, a lot of girls like that. I'm Exactly. They're missing out on market there, so... (laughs) Um. Yeah. Well, thank you for doing that because I was really tempted to do it myself, but uh, now I can just live vicariously through you, which is much easier <laughs> to do. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I was like, "What is this? I need to know because I watched the other thing." So, um. Yeah. Now I know. Thank you for your service. <laughs> um. <laughs> You're welcome. 
I guess I'll cover the last thing before we start wrapping up, which is I watched all of BNA, the newest Trigger show, because it came out Did, on Netflix. That, that capped off too, right? That yep, it's done. The full thing is. Yep. Yeah, okay. And it's all on English Netflix now. Um, mm-hmm. That is. Um, so let's ignore that Kisniver exists. Um, mm-hmm. I'd say it's the second weakest Trigger show. Uh, the weakest, to, in my opinion, being Gridman. Because uh, I, I really liked the ending to Gridman, uh, but I felt yeah. like. I agree, I agree. The middle and. The opening was like, alright, and then the entire middle part was like. Uh, it's like nothing. <laughs> yeah, like nothing yeah. happened. Yeah, like I think would would like would an ending like that if they really planned it that way? Like it kind of doesn't resonate with me in terms of like the payoff. And, yeah, like, that stuff could have been sprinkled more to kind of hint as to where that was going. I felt like there was definitely a lot of missed opportunities there because that was a really good ending, right? Yeah. And I guess that saves it from being just kind of like an eh show to like, oh, it's okay. Yeah. You know, like, it's like kind of good, but it's because that is such a good payoff. But to what? Like, it didn't, that, that was not at all foreshadowed or like that was not all, it has no connection to like kind of the nothingness that happens in the middle. Mm-hmm. But yeah, anyway, sorry. No, it's fine. I, I, I'm, yeah. Um, so BNA, uh, it looks great. Uh, it looks really, really good. It's like the classic, like I would say, it was the closest analog is it looks like Little Witch, basically. Very similar, mm-hmm. but furry. Um, I think it's, uh, as someone who's not big into the furry world, let's say, uh, I found this to be the most accessible, or like, the most, like, uh, furry one that I could, like, really be like, yeah, that looks really good, uh, type thing. No offense to anyone out there. I just, no offense just nah, same here i i don't i don't really like the the furry art style but also yeah you know if you like it that's fine but it's not something that i'm into. yeah I, but i felt like i really liked the bna stuff and i was like well this is really good i liked how all the characters were designed i like the wolf man um so on so forth uh this show i don't i don't know why they made it uh and I know you one could make the argument for any of Trigger's shows. Why did they make this? <laughs> but this one especially, I think. So, like, so for example, let's look at Kill a Kill, right? Kill a Kill is really stupid. But you can tell that they had, like, a plot outline. And, like, they, wanted, they had a, lo- a bunch of, like, spectacle things they wanted to do and animation goals and stuff like that. I couldn't tell you one thing in this besides that maybe they want to say that racism is bad. Uh, which they've which I, done a few times now. Yeah, they did that in Little Witch a little bit, and then they did it, like, all the way in Promare. Like, I think they did it all right in Promare, arguably. Also, it wasn't very, like, bash in your face, I think, most of the time. Well, it was, but, like... Yeah. Uh, there was more going on. It was fun at the end of the day. Yeah. They managed to work it into the plot. This one, no. It's like the whole thing. But also, then at multiple points, they try to argue that race science is real. Um, that, like, uh, it's good that the animal men are oppressed, actually. Oh. Um, because they all have a disease. But So, like, I... The whole plot of the show is just, like, this Tanuki girl, she was a human girl who randomly got turned into a Tanuki girl, or whatever, and she can't turn back, and 
animal people are an entirely different species or whatever. And so she goes to this, like, city that's all animal people, and she lives there and figures out all the problems while trying to turn back into a person or whatever. Um, they immediately started off super heavy-handedly by, in the first episode, having her be trying to check out at a bank by a sign that says, like, has a, has a paw holding a human hand that says, like, let's coexist. And then a band of thugs walk by and spray paint over it saying, die, beast men. <laughs> Uh, very elegant, I think. That really nails down, uh, a very elegant look at racism. Um, but it's just, like, I, it never gets above that. Like, in an exam, like, the best episode of the show is a baseball episode, okay? Uh, like, how do I explain this? The entire subplot, the entire plot of the show is basically just, like, filler. Like, everything that happens is filler. Uh, it's just her going around the town, and then, like, there's this undercurrent of, like, oh, yeah, there's this human guy who's pretty twisted or whatever, and... But he just wants to help. But actually, he's evil. But he wants to help. Or is he evil? And there's, like, a lot of times when he's talking about stuff where it's, like, he's, like, oh, we've identified that, like, uh, of some fucked up stuff that's happening is because of mental entropy in uh, all of the Beastmen, or whatever. Uh, which is just something that happens to Beastmen. And, like, this is part of the stuff where they get into the race science stuff that made me be like, ugh, since they were going so heavy-handed with all the anti-racism stuff. Um, because, like, the main character... Uh, Michiru, she's like, isn't that just stress? Aren't people just stressed out? And I thought that was where they were going with it, right? Is like that this is all like racist terms or whatever to like, you know, try to undermine whatever and stuff like that and make a point about that. But instead, it's just like, no, he's right. It's a real thing. And then they just like, continue down that line of that being a real thing and they have to solve this magic disease that's only affects beastmen to make them evil and i i don't know what to think of that show <laughs> after that so how does it end like what does so ultimately ultimately at the end they th it's revealed well i don't want to let's just say that the man was evil but they found it all, and they, he was going to make a cure that turns all the beast men into humans. Um, but they find a second cure that they can make with her blood or whatever that uh, makes them just not have the disease anymore. All right. Yeah. And it was just like, so do you see what I mean? Like, what's the point? What was what was accomplished here? I feel like this was like some sort of bargaining chip for the Promare team or something where they're like, yeah, if you make Promare, we'll let you put your personas in an anime. We don't fucking care anymore. Sure. Like, well, if it helps, they also do this thing multiple times where they just play the ending in the show, but they do it too much. Like, you know, like, when it's, like, cool or whatever in a final episode when yeah, they like play it? Important yeah, yeah, they do it, like, four times in one episode at one point. Like, they can't, it's always just the ending, too. And it was just, like, 
when it got to the point in the last episode where they're playing it, I was just like, yeah. And? I know. Yeah, <laughs> like, the effect is gone. Yeah. If, it was just like, it felt like Trigger really running through the motions of making a Trigger show in a way that was really disappointing. Because, like, I, I really like, you know, despite issues, Kill a Kill and uh, Little Witch. Well, Little Witch doesn't have that many issues, to be honest. But, uh, yeah, and it was just like, I, w- I was excited for this one, even as someone who's not generally into furry stuff. And, like, I was just like, I, well, I like, enjoyed watching it from an animation standpoint, but, like, the story was so, like, heavy-handed and also nothing, but then also maybe bad, actually, and then, like, it was, uh... Yeah, that's, I've been hearing this collective d- disappointment about this show now that it kind of capped off, where, yeah, it looked really promising from the art, from how it looks, but then everyone's just kind of ending it on the note of saying, you know, what what is that story? Like, like I'm just hearing, like, similar to what you basically went through. You went through, like, a wave of different yeah. emotions. There was a range of, like, people don't know how to feel. They came out more confused, if anything, but still consistently disappointing because it was not what what this show looks like it's supposed to be. Like, this, it looks, it looks really gorgeous for, like, what ended up being actually what it is. Um, yeah, like if not even worse than Zootopia in a way. That's what it's almost, like. yeah. Because like at least you know, at least you know Zootopia had some pretty bad ideas in it too, and like weird well, racial science that did. But at least like they kind of had something developed there, I think. Yeah, um, at least they said the cops were bad in this. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess they got that leg up on it. They didn't have a cop out ending. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh-huh. um, they did, they just like throw shit around in it constantly. Like all of a sudden they reveal like this character's a thousand years old and immortal, and it's like okay, <laughs> well like fuck it, sure, whatever, yeah. And I'm like they never really properly like explain why the main Tanuki girl she can change like her body to be literally anything all the time. Like she just grows wings sometimes and stuff, and it makes for great animation, but they don't ever explain it, which I feel like. It's something that, like, people joke about, like, Trigger being, like, super fast and dumb as hell, but, like, they usually at least explain stuff, you know? Like, whereas this one, it felt like they were explaining all the stuff that's, like, they think you're stupid. <laughs> like, I don't The best episode was the baseball episode. That's what I, was, I said earlier, but it's true. Like, the best episode was this one where she just fucks around and plays baseball. Fuck it. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Sounds like that should have been the whole show. It should have been. If like the thing is, is like most of it feels like filler, and I feel like if they had just stuck it as this weird filler, like almost procedural thing, it would have been way more compelling. And the main plot, like completely, like shot it. Yeah, it would have been just cool to like, yeah, weird slice of life furry show, like. Yeah, and with trigger art, like sure, yeah, that's great. Yeah, that would have been cool. Yeah, as opposed to them trying to do this serious plot that. Is definitely deeply underdeveloped, if not problematic. Uh, yeah, too. arguably outside of their, <laughs> uh, I don't know what the word to use here is, but range, let's say. Yeah, I don't know. I was I was disappointed by it, uh, which you know it makes me worried for future trigger stuff. Honestly, because like I, I will say at least something that was consistent between this and Promare is that Promare didn't have like much like you know tr- classic trigger horny stuff or whatever. They they had pretty much removed all of it, and this this one also same thing. There's like none, none. I would go as far as to say none. Yeah, uh, which is very surprising because I feel like usually a lot of the furry shows 
um, like they always have like at least one horny bit about them being animals, you know, or something. But they had like nothing. Yeah, I know. I know. B stars is very like like literally feral. Yeah. Like, but I think I think at least with that, and I you know oddly enough bringing that up, I from what I hear about B stars, it's like the much better show that yeah, which is this yeah. allegory from my understanding. And like again, the big the big issue that turned me off is just how it looks, and that's why I have yet to approach Same. it. Same. Because because I've seen the manga and like I love the manga from what I've seen it. Like it's this weird like anxious looking art style but unfortunately i don't think they translate that well no in the show i agree. And they wanted to do this fake stop motion cg thing that doesn't like i'm like no i want the weird experimental thing but whatever but the point is like everything i hear about that show is much better than like all these other shows that are trying to do the animal racism thing because i think my understanding from what that show is doing it's not trying to do a racism allegory at all no it yeah it's just saying like yeah it's literally just saying like yeah these are animals and these are their differences and that's the problem but it's not using that as an analogy to like human racism which is the big problem with stuff like this again like fantasy racism right? yeah it's not the same thing you can't use like fictional creatures or like animals who are very different from humans you can't just that's that's two different things you can't yeah you can't make the comparison of saying like oh yeah this this uh this cat and this dog they're two different entities no it's not the same thing especially not, like that's here where it's just all <laughs> yeah. animals are uh, against the race like right, as if right. uh, like they don't even examine like what it means to be like all the different animals except at one point they reference like that wandering albatrosses still migrate or whatever and stuff like that mm-hmm. but then they're uh... yeah but yeah that's a show i just to, as a reference in case i guess anyone's been disappointed yeah you should so probably far. check that out but that's something i've yet to also on netflix I, I only hear good i only hear good things about it so um but yeah yeah i don't i, I re- that's unfortunate though. yeah it is i i really didn't because i feel like they're always like it always feels like it's on the cusp of something and then it's just like they let you down immediately with mm-hmm. it is how it felt just watching it like and there was this one really the weirdest episode hands down the weirdest episode was this one where she goes with this little, like, uh, uh, seal girl, or sea lion girl, I think, mm-hmm. uh, to, to a human party or whatever, and, like, she, she so all the, all the beast people can turn into humans. They, they turn into human forms, whenever they want, which you would think means racism doesn't matter, but whatever. Um, uh, so they go to this party, and, like, she accidentally, like, gets too excited and turns back into a little sea lion girl, and all the people at the party are like, oh my god, this is great, we love you, we're so sorry about racism, we're having an anti-racism party. <laughs> and they have an anti-racism party, and it seems very normal, and then, like, inexplicably, like, right near the end, they just, like, put her inside of a sea tank that is closed, and, like, Tanuki girl walks in and goes, like, what are you doing? And she goes, like, the girl who's, who's running the party is just like, oh, she said she was tired, so we just put her in some water. And she's, like, drowning visibly and nobody's doing anything? And then, so, so then she breaks her out and then, like, leaves. And I was just like, what? What was the... What? What? Like, what are you trying to say here? What was the... Like... Like, because they didn't do it maliciously, right? They just put... So, like, what is this saying? Like, what... I... That was when I started to wonder if it was a meta... They were trying to use the... The... the, uh, 
the the animals is a metaphor for some other sort of prejudice or something like that like i don't know what they were what they were doing but it was so weird because it was like they usually when something like that happens it's revealed like they're evil racists or whatever after all or something like that but like they didn't even do that this woman just randomly almost killed this girl like for no reason and then they were just like all right bye it was such a weird episode it was a weird show Sounds like it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was, I, see, like, the thing was, like, with them, like, uh, yeah, I'm no, no more. I'm not, just the, the, <laughs> the race science stuff was, like, I, initially something, when they started talking about it, I was like, wow, you know, this is maybe the first anti-racist thing I've ever seen that actually, like, you know, acknowledges that type of thing. Because, like, I feel like that's, 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 like, a totally real right. aspect of racism that, like, not a lot of works examine, like, how fucking gross that shit is. Um and how fake it is because that's what it seemed like they were doing and then no they were just like it's real it's like plate yeah straight. and it's like oh uh. cool <laughs> like how did no one do that it was like damn maybe we fucked up i don't know like <laughs> maybe we shouldn't have given them a magic disease that only affects them I, uh, and makes them evil and violent mm. <sighs> so yeah disappointing Thank you for your service. Too. Yeah, no, I guess that's our trade-off. <laughs> yeah, now none of you have to watch this. Like, yeah, exactly. Watching shows so you don't have to. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> All right, I think that's uh, <laughs> that's enough. Uh, uh, John, is there any questions or anything? Yeah, we got two more things to talk about here. Uh, again, if you want to send in questions or opinions anytime, send them into videogamechoochoo.com slash ask. You'll sound like these folks. Anonymous asks, What do you think happened to Chumley later in his life after getting a job with Industrial Illusions at Yu-Gi-Oh! GX? Did either of you see that? His, his life fell apart. Oh my... I, I don't remember... He was... Like, the he was the... He was the... Who he was that? the larger boy who looked like a oh, koala. Okay. Oh, that was the one he, like, left, like, abruptly? Yeah, so... Was he, was he that? Yeah, his story was that he was... <laughs> he's the one, he's the one in the airplane and he looks sad! Yeah. He, yes. he lost every duel he was in. He was very bad at it. Yeah. But he was good wow. at drawing. So he dueled Pegasus yeah. and he lost. But Pegasus was just like, Chumley, you're so good at art. I'll just hire you to draw cards and in industrial illusions. So he just got hired to draw Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> art. And that was it. I don't know. I think he just drew art. I think he just stuck with that job. Yeah. I think his life fell apart. <laughs> Didn't, d- uh, does Kaiba buy Industrial Illusions eventually or something? Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, he's probably paid pretty well. Kaiba, Kaiba just throws his money around. I feel like he's probably paid pretty well to draw the Yu-Gi-Oh pictures. Like, uh, like all Chumley has to do is he's got to be like, Mr. Kaiba, sir, look, I drew another cool picture of Blue-Eyes White Dragon. And Kaiba's just like, perfect. That's all I need. Leave me here with this. I need to stare at it for three hours. Is it implied in the canon that he he draws like a lot of the cards at this point or no? I think because that would be kind of interesting. Well, so and like a neat little a, a, a lot of these newer shows are like in different dimensions because I think because uh-huh, they don't yeah. bring up Kaiba Corp or anything. <laughs> I can't really. 
Man, no, fuck yeah. that. Yeah, no, because they they don't bring up Kaiba Corp anymore or anything. I th- I think they they, right. they heavily imply. And I think the art style, like just I think like, even just the visual art style, the idea that way like, we're not even going to emulate the original series art style. We're, they're totally different worlds. I think that also too is a creative decision. Yeah, I don't, I don't know too much about the lore, but I think straight up in like Zexel or some or one of those shows, I think they like reboot the the universe or some shit. Like straight up, so Kaiba just doesn't exist anymore. What? But yeah, I'm. But I'm. I'm pretty sure, like Kaiba Corp and all that, they were in at least up to uh, the bike show. I'm not sure. I. I don't know. I like I said. I've. I haven't watched any of the shows really. Um. But yeah, yeah. I. I guess. I guess the the real answer is Chumley. It does not exist anymore. So that's the real answer. Is that the he does not <laughs> exist? The universe was reset, and he never existed. So. That's the answer. Nothing. Not real. Never was. You are sick. You people are sick with your Yu-Gi-Oh. When the hell did I say that that was a good idea? I don't fucking know. What the hell's going on with that? I don't know. Alright, last thing. Also from Anonymous. Instead of talking about how much I disliked High Score Girl. Wow. I'll instead talk <laughs> about the Demon Girl Next Door, which is a great show that I oh, watched hell recently. Yeah. Great characters, good narrative. Some jokes didn't don't hit, but a majority of them do. And honestly, just a chill show. Against all odds, sometimes JC Staff puts things out that are actually worth watching. Wow. JC, yeah, JC Staff also did High Score Girl. Someone really didn't like High Score Girl. Wow. I feel like I mixed that show with Gabriel Dropout. I, I, I or do oh. they not have the same premise? No, they like... have they have very different premises. No, no. Okay, no. all right, okay. Unless I'm mixing that with another show where it's about like a fallen angel or like a devil on earth, and they have to deal with it. Uh, like, there's yeah, also cool. like I'm pretty um, sure that's a million of them. Actually. There's also like Gabriel <laughs> Dropkick also or something like that. Yeah, Dropkick uh, the yeah. devil, whatever. That's yeah. it. Yeah. No. Oh, drop like yeah. I think it's. I think that's that's the one. Oh no, no, that one's for twisted people. I have to tell you that right now. (laughs) I haven't seen it. It is. Is that is that the same? No, no. Uh, So this one. Okay. It's just. They all have the same names. So that's all that. Yeah, this one. This one's really good. This one is just about this girl who she's from a poor family, and then one day she wakes up and she has horns and a tail. And her mom reveals that they're the dark clan and they've been cursed by the light clan to only make 800 yen a month or something. And in order to stop Uh this uh, and like be free from this curse, she has to take the blood of a magical girl or something. So she just sends her out with no training to go fight this magical girl. And the magical girl has already saved the world like eight times. And she's just this like super buff pink hair girl. And she's Uh just like feels bad for her because the demon girl is just always falling over and is not good at anything that sounds really yeah, good, yeah and then they just fall in love it's good it's a comedy they're pretty mean to the main girl the demon girl but i think they, they make up for it by being nice to her also yeah it sounds fun it's a very good show it's very good they're localizing the manga now oh yeah i think i've seen it that's like some yeah that was brought up recently I highly recommend that show if anyone's looking for a nice, funny slice of life and you like magical girl stuff. Okay. That's, good. That's it. All right. <clears throat> okay. Um, 
You think, uh, uh, ne- next anime, next anime. Yes. What was the next anime? It's the uh, the eccentric family. That's what it's called, right? That's the next we ha- one. We allowed our patrons to pick, and folks, we need more patron picks. So please, oh, we do, yeah. Please, if you are a subscriber to our Patreon, which again, we would love for it for you to do so. It's just three dollars. You go to patreon.com slash vgcc. $3 a month. That's it. You get to vote on animes for us to watch. Every other anime is a patron pick. However, we also understand that times are tough right now, and also there's a lot of different ways that money could be spent better. So think about that first. But if you have $3 to spend a month, there you go. We're here, and we'll watch an anime that you want us to watch. But make sure it's, a ra- it's around 12 episodes, or if it's a movie, it should be like a movie, or like maybe two or three at the most but just be reasonable, you know? We don't have that much time. We are busy human beings. Um, but yes, this time it was chosen by Robin. We did... This is not because she's Rose's girlfriend. It was just <laughs> Oh, no. I didn't even know. Otherwise, I would have said no. Jeez. Wow, really? <laughs> wow! <laughs> she gives us $3 a month, or maybe more. I don't, I don't remember. Anyway, she gives us money every month, yeah. and that's, that's Thank nice. You. Thank you. Thank you to all of our patrons. You're you're helping us out a shit ton, but also you get to pick an anime. So there you go. Eccentric family was what she told us. If you want, if you want to have us watch your anime, you have to speak up. So speak up loud and clear, and we will watch it eventually, maybe, unless we don't want to watch it, in which case we won't. That's it. Thank you. <laughs> uh, all right. So yeah, then uh, yeah, that's that's on Crunchyroll. Yes. You'll find it pretty easy. Um, you have a whole month, so fuck it. Yeah. Woo. Uh, all right. That does it. Thank you both for joining me, as always. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you for your service with Precure, John, and thank you for Bungo, LV. Um, and we've all done our, we've all done our part here. Uh, mm-hmm. And thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time on another episode of Chuchigatri. Have a nice time. Tonight, Tokyo, Kanko, Taito.